Hey, Fro, why did the girl sit on her watch? No clue. She wanted to be on time. <laughs> on this week's Another Digital Citizen, we're going to talk about news from the week, Extreme Rules results, Phantom Time Theory, Wonder Woman, and Big Brother Live Lunch. This is Another Digital Citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of... What is this show called again? Another Digital Citizen. I'm in a in a funny mood because that joke was actually pretty funny. Uh, hello, Luke. Hi, bro. Hi, everybody. I tried to find a bad joke, but every joke I have found was a good, a good joke about time. It's kind of annoying. I, th- I thought it was it was the worst one I could find, so... She was on time. Oh, <laughs> so good. Uh, I don't think it was that funny, Jet. Come on. <laughs> maybe, uh. maybe you and me just have uh, bad humor. It could be that as well. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. That probably has something to do with it. I mean, uh, but you... I mean, the, the you know those kind of jokes. It's hip with the kids from the 1940s. So <laughs> that works out. We're appealing. I'm. I'm right now. I'm appealing to the kids from now as well, because of course I'm. I got my fidget spinner out. I'm fidget spinning while we're doing the podcast, and of course I'm. I'm wearing my bromper. So both. Of the, I'm gonna. I'm gonna fidget spin the whole time we do the show. What you're wearing? Your what? Have you seen the brompers? It's a romper for bros. Never ever heard about this. It's the hot new thing everybody's talking about. Okay. This week or last week or whatever. Okay. Maybe I'll find an I'll find an image and send it to you. Why don't you start the news? Is it clothing? Yes. You know oh. what a romper is? Nope. Like for ladies? Nope. No clue at all. Oh, by the way, it, we are. It's alone. like shorts and a shirt connected to each other. It, that's or it, or pants. Aha. Uh. Here I'll. So it's a shirt. It. Pants. It's, yeah, it's like a onesie kind of thing happening, but they yeah. made them for guys now. And there was like a, there was a, um, some kind of fun, GoFundMe now page or something like that that was, uh, trying to get money for this and it blew up on the internet. Ah, okay. So it's, uh, one in, it's a onesie just with shorts. Sure. Right. 
I think on... I, I think a romper can be pants too, so I assume this could also be pants. But I don't know. I'm not a, not a big of a fashionista. I'm I just wearing one because uh, trying to get in with the kids on the podcast. So. To, to be honest, it looks more like pajamas than other thing. Kind of looks. It kind of like, does. It's supposed yeah. to look like beachwear. You know what I mean? Which it kind of, at least in uh, this picture, it lo- looks like beachwear. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, we are alone today. Till uh, sick. Uh, coughing, coughing, coughing. Uh, please be better soon and get rid of that pharmacy that you're going to because the pharmacy is ludicrous. Uh, it's it's strange when people have to call uh, them down to get their right medicine and they can't like give it to you because they are morons it uh, come over to the u.s sometime try dealing with a pharmacy because yeah. i saw she got her stuff delivered yeah that doesn't happen here so yeah no. they're like oh you didn't get your drug oh you're dead oh sorry our bad we don't we don't deliver so yeah talking about the news um britain uh, this uh, week was also a terror attack. Oh, why is there... Is this the third? Like, in the last, what, 100 days or so? Yeah. Uh, at least since the beginning of the year, yeah, the third. Because we had the Ooh. one at the Parliament, and yep. then the next one was at the Ariana Grande concert, and then this one, which happened on the London Bridge. So, um... The first one uh, that I was talking about was also they went across a bridge with a car. So it's obviously yeah. a tactic of some type, uh, coordination happening here or whatever, similar tactics. Uh, but yeah, very sad. Uh, it fe- it's starting to feel like last year where we were talking about a, somebody shooting up a place in America every other week. Right. Now we're doing it in the UK. Um, so for us in the new, uh, doing the news on this show kind of just feels like we're go- going back into something we've already done, but yeah, it's sad. Uh, what can we say about it that we haven't already said about the other two, really, you know? Uh, that, that's And that's the sad part. Like, we we don't have the authority or the, the skills to stop this, sadly. Or we would. Uh, right. But it's 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 it is uh, it's kind of strange because uh, I I was one of those that actually watched uh, Ariana around the memorial concert or 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 her, not the memorial but but uh, uh, benefit concert benefit I guess concert, she was yeah. they said they were raising money for something I think Red it was the victims of the yeah. family and Red Cross or the families of the victims I mean sorry yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not really sure if it was a specific charity or how that how it was all working. But, but it, was it was a big concert. It was all over the news here in America as well. So. And was also for Red Cross. Ah, for blood there we go. giving that makes more sense. and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and their local Red Cross thing and things like that. But yeah, the uh, I I'm not a huge Ariana Grande fan, but I actually watched the whole concert and she really impressed me. Uh, she she got a lot of things together in a really really small time. Uh, well, it wasn't her fro. She didn't do any of this. There were no people... no no. But but yeah. she was the... her her people were the ones that did this. The publicists and everything else. I mean, there it, it's it's nice. It's lovely that they would do this. There is kind of 
part of me goes, all right, I hope they're not just doing this for the money and the publicity. You know what I mean? Because there is that kind of, you know, sometimes those kind of charities and things like that, that stuff happens. Uh, so hopefully the money goes where it actually is supposed to go and not to somebody's pocket, um, like Justin Bieber or whatever. Right. So. But uh, no, everyone, they said it is for free. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, oh, but yeah. uh, talking about and kind of related to the terror attacks because uh, Jeremy Corbyn uh, uh, thinks that uh, uh, Theresa May should resign uh, because I guess he's just... not the only one. There's been a bunch of people that have come out and said this, uh, not just recently, but in the past, like even last year, people were already saying uh, when she got in that. Um, that this that there the conservative government had already failed, right? It, uh, failed the system, I guess, uh, because of all these attacks and mostly because of the cutbacks on police is what I saw them citing. Right. Yeah. So uh, one the of the big things that happened, election. I think, yesterday. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, the election on uh, in UK is on Thursday, so it's pretty interesting. So if you're right, tomorrow, if yep, you, we'll cover it next week for sure. Yeah. If you are in the Actually, UK, please, please, please go out and vote. Your vote really does matter. We don't. Right, need... and I'd say vote for Corbyn because yep. he's the only choice I think at this point. Really, uh, if anybody's paying attention, even though the media is trying to tell you the opposite, but um, we yeah tomorrow agree. tomorrow is the UK election, uh, which oh. I guess is. Almost today, if you're listening to this right now. Yep. Um, actually, the other thing tomorrow, at the same time, I believe, is the uh, James Comey testimony uh, oh. in the Trump-Russia case. So that's going to be going down tomorrow. But one thing I saw yesterday, going back to England, um, Nigel the Idiot Farage came out and said, <laughs> maybe... Maybe a good idea is uh, we go on the terrorist watch list and we intern those people. Meaning he wants to make internment camps oh, for gosh. people on terrorist watch lists. Oh, That's always worked out great for everybody in the history of the world. What a fucking idiot this guy is. That is, that is pretty up there with ludicrous ideas I have heard this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty up there, to be honest. Wow. Wow, that's a bad suggestion. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, what else? Uh, should we cover the last uh, UK news, maybe? Uh, yeah, that kind of goes in with the election. election. So, uh, yeah. I believe the story I popped up was from uh, the 3rd, which would have been Saturday. Right. Uh, that's when the poll was posted. I, I don't know if there's been another uh, survey since then, but this survey, the polls, the polls uh, predicted a one-point lead by May, which is within the uh, within reasonable doubt, I guess. Right. Because it could go either way. It's pretty much tied right now between Corbyn uh, and May and. So yeah, people just need to get out and vote, and we'll see what happens. But <clears throat> even 
with the whole Corbin calling for her resignation, he was saying that even if she gets in, he's still going to be calling for her resignation. So right. we'll see what happens there. But I actually expect Corbin to win. What do you think? Oof. I don't have high hopes, uh, Look, That's the sad thing. I don't. I Like, right now, I... I they were smart. They voted for Brexit. So I guess I... I could be positive and say that I believe Corbyn is going to win, but I've seen also how the system works against people like Corbyn, so right. I'm kind of on the fence. I really do hope he's going to win, but I really, <laughs> like, the inner, inner pro is saying, no, he's going to lose. It's been pretty but, amazing uh, if you've watched it. He went from, uh, like, almost 35 it. points behind... Uh, yeah, like long. a couple months ago to being yeah. within one point this week so that's it's, a huge uh, comeback I guess you would yeah. say um, so it is very possible I, I, I just have a feeling that the that's the way the winds are blowing I just it, it just feels like it to me as far as the politics of the the world I think that I bet you there are a lot of uh, UK people looking at and going we don't want to make this Donald Trump mistake, and that's what they're going to base their vote on. I bet. So, right. Yep. Let me quote my one of my favorite movies. There can be miracles as long as you believe. That's from the Prince of Egypt. So, who knows? I I really hope so. I really, really, really do hope so. We'll find out next week. Yep. Um. Uh... Also in the news, uh, I didn't see this for some strange reason. I read all the other news, but what is this about the feds arresting uh, NSA guy? Oh, you did not see this? Oh, well, uh, it was strange. in there. Um, this I'm sure it was. Happened... <laughs> yes, it happened on Saturday. Uh, an NSA document got leaked. Uh, we should start out by saying... There's a lot of people that have said, oh, you guys are so silly, you don't believe in this Russia-Trump WikiLeaks collusion. Well, this document basically gives inf actual actual evidence that shows that the Russians were involved in hacking um, voting companies, not voting machines. Whoa. They were specifically targeting the voter rolls, which would cause... If they wanted to, they and they apparently did get in there. They could change around uh, affiliate party affiliations or registrations. Say they could make it so you weren't registered to vote, or they could change your party affiliation so that you couldn't vote for uh, who you wanted to in, in certain states. There is no evidence, according to this leak, that that happened, but it does say that they were in there. Um, and they did have the capability of doing it. This was leaked by a lady named Reality Winter. Winner. I always want to say Winter, but it's Reality Winner. Reality Winner. That's her name. It's a very strange name. Um, I don't think that's her legal name. I think she maybe has changed it. Uh, no. Her mom has come out today and was talking about her, and her name's Reality Lay Winner. Winner. Yeah, that's her real name. Um, 25-year-old. Uh, she put this out uh, 
she leaked this document. I guess she was working... She had top secret clearance. She was arrested within an hour, they say, of the uh, Intercept, which is who she sent it to, um, publishing the document. She oh. was arrested within an hour uh, after they saw it go, come out. Um, and what I've heard is the reason they were able to track her was she did a handoff of this uh, document. When the Intercept posted it, uh, it had a crease down the middle like the um, like it, the paper had been folded in half. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That they could see in the scan. Uh, the authorities said, oh, this must mean that somebody printed this out and handed it over. It wasn't sent digitally, right? Because it would have to be a piece of paper that they scanned to have that crease in it. So they went into their... Uh, computer system and said who printed out something from the, these specific files and she was the only one to do it so she didn't even cover her tracks really at all this lady uh, that's why she was caught so quickly uh, like she was taken in within an hour she's facing 10 years in in prison so for any uh, I guess for anybody who's saying oh see you guys were wrong look Russian Russians were hacking our voting uh, they were trying trying to they were working with Donald Trump. Uh, this doesn't. This does not say anything about working with Donald Trump. Uh, it does say that the Russians were in our. Uh, they had hacked into certain companies who were working within the election, uh, election electoral process. So that part is true. The Russians were trying to at least get an inside track on what our uh, on our voting system. Right. So that part is true. The Russians working with Trump who were working with WikiLeaks, none of that is uh, yet corroborated. So, uh, like we said in the past, there's a very good chance Russia was messing with our elections. We doubt that it, they were also working with Trump who was working with WikiLeaks. We've said that many times, I guess, but we got to go over it again because this lady <laughs> came out. Um, what we actually I guess live? a lot of people would ask, what's the difference between this leak... And the leaks we've been getting every single week coming out of Congress. Um, Good question. And the White and the White House. N- uh, nothing except this lady got caught. <laughs> yep. That's the answer. Uh, the f- strangest thing about this whole story is the Democrats who should be saying, "Look, there's the evidence. That's the evidence." They're saying, "Don't pay attention to this. Don't look. This lady, uh, she did something illegal. Don't pay attention to it." So it's a uh, they. I'm not sure what the tactic is here. I don't really know what the hell is going on with this, but it is a very interesting story. Uh, and the m- most evidence we've gotten so far since the election that there was any kind of Russian interference or um, hacking going on. So. And who knows? Maybe they were on Hillary's side. Right. Like I said, this document is small. Uh, it's a small part of a much larger investigation. Right. And it at least shows that they were in there, but they have no uh, evidence that they actually messed with anything, just that they went in there and checked it out. So at least according to this document, again, it's not, it's part of a, there could be other documents that show other things. But like Fro said, they could have been working with, anybody uh in the u.s government or they could have not been working with anybody in the u.s government they could have just been doing this by themselves uh there was the vladimir putin interview with uh, Megan Kelly. 
Megan Kelly. I was going to say Kelly on Conway, but yeah, Megan Kelly. <laughs> did you see it from? Yes, I did. I don't really consider this an interview. Nope. <laughs> it was a 10-minute segment where she asked some questions, and then in between each question, they put in this like big thing trying to disclaim everything he just said, uh, which it's clear... Uh, he may not have been lying, but he may not just not have known uh, that this uh, hacking that we're talking about right now was going on, or he could have been lying. It's very possible he was lying. Yeah. Um, the th- uh, there is no connection, again, to Trump or to WikiLeaks uh, because of this document, I guess is the point. Right. We'll have to see more in the future, but this is the most evidence we've gotten yet, so yeah, I love when she asked you. Uh, well, she almost asked you. Have naked pictures of Trump in a secret folder? Or all, almost like that. She was asking. She was asking. She was asking. Uh, do you have a dossier or something? Uh, she was using a weird, weird word. Oh, I do not know what you're talking about. But uh... when she was interviewing Putin. She asked. Oh, I thought you were talking about this leaker. Yeah. Uh, oh. Kellyanne. Uh, Megan Kelly. Uh, Megan Kelly. Right. <laughs> it really wasn't an interesting interview nope. at all. It was not. It was. Uh, I don't know. It's a fluff piece uh, of a. Uh, like, it wasn't a real interview. It was a segment more than an interview. So I much would have rather just seen the, the solid interview and not had all the in between stuff it was that really trying was to be trying to sell something yeah it was yeah. really trying to be 16 minutes without being 60 minutes that was the problem right i think that's just how our new show works which this is a <sighs> conservative uh on a on msnbc which is supposed to be a liberal news station so the whole thing is just kind of weird when you right. think about it but yeah no i i i, I like the woman i have her book not all things, but I really don't understand what she has to do in NBC, to be uh, completely honest with you. But that's my personal view. Uh, let's go on. Um, uh, Trump corner. Uh, some, 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 <laughs> some Trump news this week. Uh, if you haven't heard it, uh, he doesn't like to have deals in Paris. Um, he doesn't like Paris, more or less. I think that's that's where, why he went out of it. He didn't know it was uh, anything about like uh, the environment or something like that. But he didn't want it to have name after Paris. He wanted it to be the New York deal or something. Sure. Um. Like, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Trump uh, to do something like that, but... Uh, he's just like, oh, France, we France, like no way, freedom fries, get, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, he pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord. Of course, if you saw the interview or the press conference, he also said, "We're we'll try to get back in if we can get a better deal, or yep. we'll get a better deal elsewhere." I don't know. Where elsewhere is going to be for you to get a better deal? Because every country basically is in this, except for like two. Um, and everybody was like, like every statesman around the world was like, like, no, no, we're not going to negotiate with him again. We have the deal. Stick to the deal. 
Right. Uh, I think this is a lot of platitudes, um, as far as I can tell, because uh, when he, he talks a lot about, uh, at least to his base, that this deal was bad for us and that uh, they were forcing us to do things. No, because if you look into this Paris Climate uh, Accord, it was each individual's country's, each individual country's uh, job to come up with their own plan. Yep. Uh, which we had not done yet because we had just gotten into the accord, um, and we we weren't actually in it yet. We were kind of semi in it uh, mm-hmm. because we hadn't actually come up with our plan and uh, had people sign off on it yet. So him getting out wasn't actually us like breaking any deals or anything like that oh. uh, because we hadn't really made any deals yet. That's um, no deal. That's all. I think this is all a platitudes for his base that don't believe in climate change. Right. Though. So that's why he's doing it. He's it, he wants to look strong, but he's doing it, it he's doing it in a way where he doesn't actually have to uh, break any um, legislation that would have to go through Congress or something like that. So it's it's all to make himself look good on TV. It, it's kind of meaningless though. But it's, uh, it's... which people would argue with. I I think climate change is a big deal. Right. But. Uh, as far as this goes, we will more than likely end up back in it again uh, because there's nowhere else to go, like I said. Right. And he's just doing this to buy time and to make headlines. Right. So, uh, One of the things that uh, annoys me about this is, is how the liberal media uh, that's like the uh, uh, is pro Hillary and that kind of ways is is uh, like making him out to be the big bad wolf. When, to be honest, I I kind of I kind of understand why he does does this, and I also do think it's kind of it's kind of weird how everybody like on the liberal side is flipping this for for what it's worth and saying like yeah, well this is uh, Trump. Uh, uh, getting out of uh, uh, of a so really important agreement. No, no, that's incorrect. If you look at what's actually what was done, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure uh, it makes no difference at all if you're in or if you're out because you haven't. As long as you're that. doing, as long as you're taking the steps to fix climate change, right. then no. But Trump is not going to do that. He's going to no. have more oil pipelines, and he's going to open up coal plants and more fracking and everything. Which, that's come on now, Hillary problem. was all about the fracking. Hillary sold fracking all around the world to other countries. Right. So, uh, just to go back to but, Hillary. But, but I'm saying that that is another part of the problem. The problem isn't that he went out of the deal. The, the problem is that he doesn't believe in climate change. Deal right. itself, it's not a big deal, to be honest with you. It, I, I was not shocked at all because he said it all through his campaign that way he was going to get out of it. And why wouldn't he? Because there's there's actually no deal to get out of. He's getting out or at of At least nothing. there wasn't yet. I mean, if it would have been a while more and we would have made uh, policies that uh, the rest of the world had signed off on and then he said, oh, no, we're not going to do that that's anymore. That's thing. That would have been one thing, yeah, I guess. That's another yeah. thing. He's actually getting out of nothing. That's my point. He's it's it's like like I said, it's more symbolic than anything else nope. uh, for him and his nope. climate change denying yep. 
backers. So as long uh, this, I think yesterday, or no, it was this morning. I saw Hawaii, the state Hawaii is actually, they've already set, uh, their government has gone in and said, we're going to follow all the guidelines that the Paris Accord has set up. Right. So Hawaii and other states are already saying, screw you, states' rights, we can do what we want, we're going to do this anyways, even right. if Trump says no. So Good. Yep. Anyways, uh, last week we, we talked a lot about racism and using the N-word, and suddenly there came a flourish all, all over the American land where suddenly everyone was uh, using the N-words. N-word, what is going on there in America? Oh, I mean, this is not unusual uh, every day, uh, for podcast? everyday life. Like, <coughs> say that again. Are they listening to our podcasts? <laughs> I don't think that, but I think uh, <laughs> it's definitely a conversation that's going on, and has been going on for a few years. So, and I think we were picking up. We were probably picking up on it, uh, but. Yeah, I, some of these, uh, at least this Bill Maher thing, Bill Maher said a, a racial slur on TV in a joking way. It was a, it was meant to be a joke, but it was, number one, the joke wasn't funny. No. It wasn't really, a funny joke. Really bad joke. And I think the thing that bothered me and Fro the most is how easily and kind of it's nonchalantly he said he said this slur. Yep. Kind of like he just says this kind of stuff in his everyday life all the time. That was the really the bothering thing to me. It was almost like he said breakfast cereal or I love you or newspaper or <laughs> like right. every other normal word. So like yeah. Yeah, he did he didn't even skip a beat. It was just like he he was responding to what somebody else said and he that was just he pulled that right off the top of his head like he was ready to say it yep. um and if that's what's in his brain just right there for ready for him to say i don't think he he may be um in denial of his own racism yeah. you know those people that uh they 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 say that how much they hate uh racist they or or let's go to the christian side we'll go to the other side uh these people who oh i, I hate uh, gay people, I hate for what what they believe in. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, it's against my, uh, against the Bible, against this, against that. And then you come to find out, really, this person is maybe actually in the closet themselves because of their own Christianity. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like they hate, uh, they hate it because it is actually what they are inside. I feel like maybe Bill Maher is closet, closeted, uh, racist. And he is denying it to his own, his own self, kind of. But he doesn't want to face it, so he never is going to... Uh, he's never going to uh, admit it to himself, kind of, if that makes sense. It's just, I, I think he's just an old guy who's stuck in his ways. Does that, uh, that's a little kinder to him, I suppose. Like I said to you when we talked about this off, off the air, uh, I said the category is some, somewhere reading those headlines and it's like thank thank you Bill Maher thank you right <laughs> yeah <laughs> for getting the focus out from me too thank you I believe like last night or uh, a night before uh, uh, there was a guest that I, I believe cancelled 
uh, being on a show because of this. Uh, Senator Al Green, I think it was. Oh. And he he was replaced with somebody else, but I believe somebody was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be on this guy's show. Yeah. So. And he said sorry, so we will see if he keeps his job or not. Uh, but I'm sure he will. I, I mean, like. It wasn't a joking way, but like we said, it was more of how nonchalant it just came yeah. out and seemed like he was just ready to say it. So, Like he used that word every time about people of race. Right. Like it, it, like when he's with his friends, he kind of jokes yes. around that way. Yes. This is what it felt like, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, what about LeBron James? Right. Uh, this came out this week as well. LeBron James... Uh, Obviously, has a giant mansion because he's a very rich basketball player. But on the gate of his mansion, somebody spray painted some racist things, including the N word. I believe was one of the things, and he came out um, in a press conference and talked about it. And it was a very, uh, very poignant, I guess, because this is a guy. He's uh, you know a multimillionaire. I'm guessing yeah. uh, he probably has that much money and he's still um in this day and age his he, just because of his skill skin color is still being attacked so it doesn't necessarily have to do with class uh or how much money you have i guess but yeah uh we got the video right here uh he talks a little bit slow so it's kind of a long clip but let's listen to the whole thing because okay. uh it's pretty uh interesting and i think he uh he puts it in a in a good way, which I don't think any uh, either of us could do. So, okay, give us a countdown for all. In three, two, one, play. Hi, LeBron. Uh, John Tellich, Fox Eight. You've this, always been uh, outspoken about social order. issues, mm -hmm. uh, and it seems that you're kind of in the middle of one. Uh, the incident at your home in Los Angeles. Do you have any comment on that? Um. Seems a little, I mean, you can tell he's upset. I mean, as I sit here on the eve of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on the eve of one of the greatest uh, sporting events that we have in sports, um, you know, race and what's going on comes again. And, um, and on my behalf and my family's behalf. But I mean, I look at it as this, I mean, if it's, if this is the shed of light and uh, continue to keep the conversation going on my behalf, then then I'm okay with it. Um, you know, my family is safe. Um, at the end of the day, they're safe, and that's the most important. But it just goes to show that is that, the worst um, part. Yeah, that he then had to explain racism, it to his kids. Uh, like, yeah. will always be yeah. a, a part of the world, a part of America, and um, you know, hate. Um, you know, in America, especially for African American, um, is uh, is living every day. And even though that, you know, that it's concealed most of the time, even though people hide their faces and will say things um, about you, and when they see you, they smile on your face, um, it's alive every single day. Mm. And um, and I think back to Emmett Till's mom. Actually, it's kind of one of the first things I thought of. And. And the reason that she had a, a open casket is because she wanted to show the world um, what her son went through as far as a hate crime and, you know, being black in America. Um,
So it's like it doesn't, no matter how much money you have, um, no matter how famous you are, no matter how many people admire you, um, you know, being, being black in America is, it's tough. And, uh, and we got a long way to go, um, you know, for, for us as a society and for us as African Americans until we, until we feel equal um, in America. And, um, you know, but my family is safe and, um, you know, that's what's, that's what's important. Good answer. Same. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he's uh, his team is in the playoffs. Me and Fro know nothing about sports balls, but he uh, his team's uh, apparently in the playoffs. So that's kind of where this came from. Is probably somebody who's an idiot who's a fan of the other team or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm proud of knowing that LeBron James does basketball. That's that's <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I'm proud of knowing that. That's my level of interest in, in sports. But yeah, no, I always liked him. He, he seems like he's, he's really down to earth, even when he's worth so many millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was just a great answer. Uh, I thought it was well articulated. Yep. It seemed like he was really trying to get his words correct to make sure he got out what he wanted to say. Right. Um, but he also seemed pretty upset. If you see the video, he seems... At the very beginning, he really does seem very uncomfortable to ha- uh, to be talking about it, even. But he gets into it, and he, um, I think he really got his point across. So I totally agree with him. Uh, then we're going to a clip from Cold Calm uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, I have no clue what Cold Calm is to be completely honest with you. Uh, but I don't think that's what it was called. I think it was called. Uh... It says code, oh, hashtag yeah, I mean, code con in the background. So. Right. Uh, it has. Maybe that's what it. I thought it was like red code or code red con or something. Maybe it is code con. Yeah. I have no idea what this is for. Like the actual. Uh, it must be uh, something for. Um, I was going to say computer technicians. Yeah. Or like that conference like or something but i don't know why hillary clinton would be there but nonetheless hillary clinton was at this uh event and she spoke there basically she is there to sell her book right we're gonna find that out at the end of this clip but that she was there to uh promote her book so let's uh let's get into this clip uh of her talking about again what lost her the elections uh and the russians yeah and we're going to skip two minutes into this uh, clip, it's right. uh, 5 minutes and 22 seconds. If you want to see it, we are going to post it on our, our uh, Facebook uh, profile. Uh, but we are going to skip 2 minutes into it and uh, uh, listen to it 2 minutes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And we are going to do that in 3, 2, 1, go. You know, sort of low-level CNN operation. And or a got, fake newspaper, or like fake the Denver news, Guardian. Like a fake newspaper. And so the Russians, in my opinion, and based on the intel and counter-intel people I've talked to, could not have known how best to weaponize that information unless they had been guided. And here's a... Here's guided a, by <laughs> Americans. Guided by Americans and guided by people who had... Sorry. 
you know, polling and data Who information. Now, let me just finish because this is the second and third step. So we know that they. She's like interrupting. Yeah, we understand yeah. It. Um, Best example. So within one hour, one hour of the okay. access one, Hollywood one hour, tapes. The access leaked, Hollywood tapes. All right. Within one hour, the Russians, uh, say WikiLeaks, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. The wow. John Podesta. <laughs> what? Email. What? Does she know now, anything if you at all? Read like... The John Podesta emails. They are anodyne what? to boredom. The John Podesta but emails are anodyne to boredom. Here is what yeah, she just but said. But they were. We'll get into that in a second. They were. Yeah. He, and I, you know, forgive him for Break what he up. said about you. Yeah. Um, so they were run-of-the-mill emails. They were run-of-the-mill run emails. For a campaign. Should we do this? What should she say? I don't. You know, the, the stuff that is so common, basic. Within one hour, they dumped them, and then they began to weaponize them. And they began they weaponized to the emails have some of their within one hour of the allies within the uh, internet world, like Infowars, take out pieces and began to say the most outrageous, their friends within the internet world lies you can imagine. And she's so like a hundred years old. They had to be ready for that, and they had to have a plan for that, and they had to be given the go-ahead. Okay, this could be the end of the Trump campaign. Dump it now. And then let's do everything we can to weaponize it. And we know it hurt us because, as I explain in my book, as I explain you know, in my the, book, uh, the Comey letter, which. All right, we can stop here because now she's just going to go into trying to sell her book. Oh, is where she goes from there. Mother, uh, okay, uh, let's get into the the that is finer points of this. To. That is actually <laughs> hard to listen to. And be quiet because she is a moron. Wow. Okay. First, let's start uh, with the part where she said Jesus. that Russians and WikiLeaks, same thing, yep. is what she said. Exactly the same. I know they're trying to connect these two things, but to say they're the same thing oh, is so off base and wrong and. Um, twisting the facts to fit your own narrative that I don't even know where, how to respond to it. <laughs> it's just so wrong. Um, he wants me to go and then she says of course that uh, they were somehow the Russians told WikiLeaks right after the Access Hollywood tape, that this was the time they should release these documents, that they were working... This is how they were working together. Um, again, we've pointed out, there's no there's no evidence of any of that. Uh, and it would... It's incredibly highly unlikely that anything like that happened. But, um, but look, you're a conspiracy theorist. You believe every conspiracy in the world, Luke. Right. Uh, this is... Uh, I, to believe these two things are uh, connected is to have to believe that a guy who's stuck in an Ecuadorian embassy in London <laughs> is somehow communicating with the Russians uh, undetected somehow. Undetected by people. And they were able to, within an hour, contact each other to let each other know that this was happening and that somehow 
WikiLinks couldn't have found oh. out about yeah. the Access Hollywood tapes by themselves, even though it was all over the news, mm. is just um, crazy ridiculous. And then the last part of this, how <laughs> she, she says, oh, they dumped the John Podesta emails and they were anodyne to boredom, is what she said. Mm. Um, multiple people were fired, uh, including the head of the DNC had to resign because of the emails. So to say the stuff in there was run-of-the-mill <laughs> when people were fired over it is... Ludicrous and just a lie, absolute lie, um, and and also you can't have it both ways because they say that these emails cost them the election, but to also say that these emails had nothing in them, so what part of the emails cost <laughs> the election if there was nothing in them? Her whole argument is oh. so broken, and it's just trying to build this Russian narrative that. Um, like we said in uh, in the past article, yes, Russia uh, was probably involved in some type of uh, messing with our elections. Not that we as Americans don't do that to many other countries all the time. I'm not. It's not an excuse. It's just how the world works. It's this day and age, and uh, in the computer age, is other countries are uh, messing with uh, different other countries' elections. A lot of different countries. Israel's doing it. China's doing it. Iran's doing it. The U.S. is doing it. Russia's doing it. We're all doing it. Um, but I, I also so he, it's I, just it's I, the nature of the beast in this day and age. Sorry, go ahead. Now, I also hear some listeners in the background. I can hear you now, listeners, screaming out. But look, look! Only reason why you're bringing this up is because you were so Bernie Sanders. No. Uh, well, yeah, that is one reason, because um, in the, the emails, reason. it shows that they cheated Bernie Sanders. <laughs> That's the whole thing here. Oh. I think it was put best by a guy on MSNBC when he said, uh, when you look into it, and they're, they're saying Russia caused her to lose the election, what they're saying is, if we would, uh, in the emails, it says that they cheated. So what you're saying is, if we didn't get caught cheating, we would have won. Right. That's your argument, and that's not a good argument. That's a shit argument. Oh. Right. Well, we can do some class well warfare, I guess, around this. I think that's what we're doing right now, because I'm definitely not in the same class as Hillary Clinton. <laughs> She's in a whole upper class, and I'm in the lower class. So, But let's uh, hear from telling the truth about class warfare. Well, this is Trump. Trump tells the truth. Last week I was off. Two weeks ago I was very mad, screaming square words all the time. But that's what the current political situation do to me. I get mad. I'm screaming square words more now than I ever did. And I've been doing politics since 1993. But I wasn't here to talk about this now. I've been talking about a subject who's come up dozens of times from conservatives. The word called class warfare. Yes, class warfare. When you are the richest 1%, you have everything. You give all the money to the rich. And some people just happen to criticize that you're doing class warfare. It's strange. If somebody screws your payment, take away your health care, cut your social security, make you have three jobs just to manage your day, and you say, oh, that's wrong. Oh, you're doing class warfare. Maybe we need some class warfare. Because 
I don't think Republicans know, but every revolution comes from people who are mad, 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 and are starving. And it's a bunch of, and so many times you can keep on lying about the same all the time. The middle class in the United States and everywhere else is not getting poorer because their jobs are listed overseas. They're not poorer because they become immigrants. They're poorer because people are greedy. People have a lot want more. If Reagan economics, like triple-down economics, have functions that don't work, you know what happens when you give all the money to the first percent? Yes, you're giving them all the money and nothing else. This is a class warfare, and well, people who bre- who complaining about that who started it. If you don't want a class warfare, give people a fair share. If you don't want class warfare, don't screw the unions. If you don't want class warfare, let people vote. Don't do anything in your to think to stop people from voting. Make it difficult for people to to vote. We Republican conservatives everywhere, you started this class warfare. We can come to peace and negotiations if you want to, but that's up to you. If you want this war going against us, we're gonna fight back. This is what Tron, but Tron tells the truth. We have an email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. And I know that you actually have an email because someone promised me an email this week. I did not check them today yet. So ah. let me go in there. I think someone. We do not have an email. Emails. Uh, no emails. No emails. Okay. I'm going to say to. Nope. Hey, listener, you I talked to offline. You that was in a place where it was really hot around in Europe, you listener that always sent emails, shouldn't you send an email? Uh, uh, uh. You, you that I talked to on Sunday, uh, uh, in email? Apparently not. <laughs> we also have a Facebook page, check it out on uh, another digital citizen on uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, I know that you and me haven't agreed to do this yet, but we're not going to spoil. Uh, we're not going to spoil the leftovers. People can right, uh, or we'll do some it. fake outro music and then do the outro music afterwards. But yeah. after the show is over, we'll do a little rev- like spoiler type review of leftovers. But we're going in the TV round, so let's just talk a little bit about leftovers sure. since we both saw it. Leftover season finale. Um, or series finale, yep. I guess. Yep. So three seasons and done. Um, I really liked the ending. Me too. We'll go more into that later in the show. Yep. Fro, did you enjoy the ending? Loved it. One of the best endings. Do you think there were people that were probably confused? Yes. And didn't know what the hell this was? Okay. Yes. I totally got it. Yeah, me too. But and it's, uh, it's... why don't you go into what you saw this week on TV, and then I'll do mine. Yeah, and I, I was just going to say it's probably one of the best endings of a TV show. Uh... Uh, ever and that's saying something, uh, but I really liked it. Uh, yes, what have I have I uh, watched this week? Uh, I uh, <laughs> I watched uh, a show that you never ever heard about. Look, it's called Elementary because you recommended it to me. Uh, oh right, yeah. So you talked about this on Sunday, and to be honest with you, I used all Monday and Tuesday night to watch Elementary. It's maybe my new favorite show. Uh, I really—it is very good. I really, really, really like it. 
I think uh, I think my only problem with it still is Lucy Lou, but I mean, is she really uh, a character in that show? No. Is she on screen a lot? Yes, she is, but she's not annoyingly bad as I thought she was in uh, Ally McBeal. But uh, I, I can stomach her. Okay, Ally McBeal. All right. Sorry? So old reference. Uh, that's like a really, really old... Re- that's like from the 90s reference. She's been in movies and th- since then, but yes. I'm uh, sure she's I, I don't think she's that bad in this. I think she oh, she's... holds her own with the other actors, I guess you would say. But uh, I, 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 I'm saying that she's the only minus in this show, and she's not that... Once you get some more seasons in, there is maybe like season five, I think, I, I believe. Uh where it gets the storyline gets a little bit convoluted and starts to not make as much sense. Uh, I guess maybe it's season four. End of season three, beginning of season four. It gets a little weird, and it gets kind of like, uh, I don't know if I like where they're going with this, but then I think they figured it out, and they started going in another direction. I saw six episodes of that as well this week uh, out of season four, which I'm starting to get caught up on. So Yeah, it's 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 really good. Uh, then Gotham ended this week, uh, the series finale of Gotham. Um, it was really good this season. This season was uh, maybe the best season of Gotham. I think they used two first seasons just to get a hold of what they are doing. I am thinking that they maybe are going to end it with season three because, uh, season three has kind of an ending. Uh... I don't know if it's uh, re- renewed or, or not, but I, I really, really like it. Uh, then I saw something that you, I think you recommended me this. Have you heard about Letter Kenny? Uh, I've heard of it, but no, I didn't re- recommend it to okay. you. It must have been somebody else. Somebody else, maybe. Uh, I, mm-hmm. uh, it's Canadian. It's Canadian funny haha show. I didn't like it. I was a little like surprised because I was pretty sure it was you that recommended me me it because you you like Canadian shows, but I I saw two or two and a half episodes then I gave up. So that's what hmm. I've seen this week. Not good. No, not for me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd heard some things about it, but I hadn't heard anything like that it was super amazing, so I never I never got around to watching it. Um I didn't see a whole lot other than what you mentioned, but uh Street Outlaws finale was yesterday, two hour okay. finale. It was uh anticlimactic to say the least. Okay. It was a good episode and then the very end was incredibly anticlimactic. Oh. Uh let's just say that. Um and then the other thing that I saw yesterday uh, Big Brother Canada uh, is on hiatus, yes. which is not a good sign no. uh, for the show. It doesn't mean it's going to go away, but we may not get one next year unless something happens. So, yeah, it's not uh, good news. Not good news, but there is a change.org petition already up uh, saying, use your power of veto to save Big Brother Canada. So if anybody wants to go to change.org, I'll post it on our Facebook page. Do that. Go ahead and sign the petition. Try to keep it. Keep it. Because it's uh, definitely like the best Big Brother in the world, I would say. Well, definitely. Uh, 
Uh, even we're going to talk about Big Brother UK a little later in the show, but I saw one of the guys, uh, uh, Raf, who is he's an American uh, slash uh, he's an American who is from Sweden, right? He grew up in Sweden, but he uh, he was saying he's watched every like all the seasons around the world, and he was saying even that he thinks that Big Brother Canada is the best one. Yeah. Uh, and he said it on Big Brother UK. He said Big Brother Canada yeah. was the best one. So I found that interesting. Not yeah. really popular. With saying that, I think. Who? I don't think he made him didn't become popular by saying that uh, Big Brother Canada is the best show on. Right. It probably didn't help. No. Right. Uh, I think it was on the extra bit that they put up. Uh, it wasn't actually on the main show, but yeah, okay. uh, he said that uh, in some of the extra stuff they put out. Okay, I haven't watched yep. it, the extra show thing. I only seen the main two shows that we are going to talk about a little later. Uh, yes, I watched a little bit of it, but it wasn't anything interesting, anything anything too super interesting. But I thought that was cool that he he got to mention that. Uh, and then the next day, I see that they're canceling it. I'm like, what the heck? People like really love the show, even yeah. people from New York and Sweden. So I don't know. Yeah, weird. What else did you watch? Uh, let's see. Uh, that was it. Yeah. Well, besides leftovers, elementary, and then just the regular stuff for the week. But yeah, yeah. that was it this week. We are going to talk about wrestling uh, a little later, so we will talk about our thoughts of, of this week of wrestling. Then. Uh, now to our main uh, topic, Phantom Pime uh, Hypothesis. It's uh, hard for me to say. Um, so, what is Phantom Pime Hypothesis, uh, Luke? <laughs> Just say theory, I guess, for theory. if hypothesis. It's sa- same difference, but... Oh, excuse me, burp. Uh, this, uh, like we said at the end of the show last week, it was first published in 1991... Uh, I believe the guy started working on it in 1989. Um, a guy named uh, Hebert Illig, German uh, philosopher, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he hypothesized uh, a conspiracy by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly by uh, Constantine VII to fabricate uh, a dating system retrospectively that placed them uh, at the special year uh, of AD 1000 to rewrite history. Uh, because that essentially, sounds cool. Essentially. <laughs> because they wanted yeah. it to sound cool. That's more or less... Uh, actually, the reasoning behind it, uh, most people, or at least people within this hypothesis believe, uh, it, if you, I mean... Yeah, when you just say it out loud like that, you would say, yes, just to sound cool. Which, that's what they said in the video I think I posted on our on the Facebook. Is that the one that said that? Yeah. I think so. Um, actually, uh, it, uh, I think they said uh, that this was supposed to be the return of Jesus Christ. Of the Messiah. According yeah. to the Bible. Yep. So that's what they wanted to. Uh, pl- that's why they placed it there, uh, or according to this theory, why they basically got rid of two thousand or not uh, two hundred, like almost 
300 years, 297 years. They just got rid of them so that they could place their reigns uh, over their individual empires when they thought um, Jesus was coming. Back. Jesus was going to return. Wow. Exactly. That's uh, so it all kind of has to do with religion. Uh, the reason they did a lot of this. I think the origin of this theory is kind of interesting. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's one of those theories that I, I've been thinking about it, and I, I've seen three or four different videos about this, and they all more or less say the same. And and how 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 easy this theory is on the outside because I, I mean it's it's pretty easy to get a hold of what they actually mean they believe that that taking away those years and also showing it to to a degree I, I, there's there's proofs and and there's uh, counter factic rules and I, I, I like right like they, it says that uh, the the illig believes that they achieved deleting these 297 years through alterations, misrepresentations, and forgeries of documents and physical evidence. So they, they even went in and made fake books and fake th uh, fake things to throw people yeah. off. Yeah, Even fake coins with narrow on, on it. Uh, and I think, uh, I think that's interesting. But uh, look, why lie about it? Like, why lie about the time? Other what into the future? Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the time, according to this theory, you know, people, most people were illiterate. Most people couldn't even use the calendar. Uh, so to be able to do this, um, most people wouldn't have noticed in the first place. And over time, it would just become uh, the standard, I guess. Uh, the reason you, like I said, that they wanted to do this originally was to place their their reigns uh, of over their kingdoms when they thought Jesus was going to return. Right. So the idea would to be uh, to make to make themselves look better in history by putting them at the same time when Jesus returns. Of course, Jesus didn't return. Maybe he did. I don't know. But. Uh, <laughs> Nobody put that in the history book, so I don't have that down. I didn't learn oh. that in history when I was in school. So, oh. uh, remember a thousand A.D. when Jesus returned, and that didn't oh. happen. But oh. um, I think that was the idea, and then it just after they did it, uh, there was no going back because the they had already put out all the evidence. They they had already done it, and so it became just something that was hidden from the regular public. I guess is the idea. Uh. And if you were to put this into some type of New World Order Illuminati type conspiracy, this would be something that they were hi hiding from the regular public, something that they know that you don't know. That kind of scenario where it's the the secret knowledge, you know what I mean? Like uh, Da Vinci Code or something like that. Right. So what if it is true? <laughs> that is a really good question. What if it is true? Why? What? Why does it really matter? What effect would it have on yes. us now, right? Uh, besides the fact that there would, there would, I mean, you would think that there would be some people out there that were that were still hiding it and actually know about it. I would probably say the Catholic Church, 
uh, would probably be one that still would know about it, but would be hiding it for whatever reason. Um, I think the most interesting thing to think about would be things like um, other calendars and their representation of time. Uh, this getting rid of, this would put us on a different level uh, where all these other cultures were saying they were in one time period, we would be saying we were in the future, kind of. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Giving people uh, a feeling of superiority. So that would be one thing. Um, another thing, uh, being able to change around the dates like this would give the people who knew about it a feeling of power. For instance, especially at the time, uh, things like end of the, end of the world uh, prophecies and things like that would have been prevalent. Um, if somebody who is, uh, obviously let's, I'm trying to think of a more recent one. Remember when Macho Man died and there was that guy that was talking about the world's going to end this year at, on, in September, whatever. Right. Remember this? Yes. If you were somebody who knew that these dates were fake, but you believed in the end of the world, like you were, a uh, a, 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 some type of Christian that act, actually believed in, uh, end of times, uh, prophecies and things like that. Jehovah's Witness. Um, sure. But you knew about these 279 years and this guy came around and said, Oh, it's going to end on this date. It w I was told by God that this is the date it's going to end on, but you know that there's 300 years missing. So really this guy who's saying it's the end of the world is 300 years off. Right. See what I'm saying? So in, in that scenario, uh, you would have the power to know, Oh, this guy's definitely wrong. And the rest of the masses would be afraid because, or the people who believe in this prophecy would be afraid, even though you, so in that way, you would have power of, over those people. So a lot of it is like a power grab, being like, I know something you don't know. But that, let's talk a little about proof against it. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, the documentaries that I watched brought up was uh, three lines. Uh, if you cut the three uh, in uh, uh, half or whatever, if you cut the three, you can count right. uh, the rings on the tree to see how old it is. And some of the uh, trees we have are older than 2,000 years old. Right. That is kind of a problem. For, sure. For yeah. this theory. Uh, we'll... uh, not really, because trees would not be affected by the change of the date. Uh, so those trees could have been around that long. Just, um, they, because time was still existing before that, if that makes right. sense, bro. So they would have just been, uh, they, uh, if those 300, uh, or 297 years didn't exist, those trees would just be, um, they would have started growing earlier than we think. That's the only difference, really. Then we, they also brought Playing up, devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, they also brought up Halley's Comet. Uh, uh, right. The signs of Halley's Comet, how many times Halley's Comet has been looked upon uh, in, in... Right, which has been observed by uh, ancient cultures in China, right. uh... Ancient astronomy in uh, multiple places, including China, 
let's see, South America, um, the uh, even in in uh, Europe, there were people that were tracking different astrolo- a- astrological uh, things and keeping track of eclipses and things like that, and that definitely breaks all of this. Right. So. Then we have other calendars <laughs> because we have a Chinese calendar uh, mostly uh, that uh, is kind of uh, telling us that this is uh, ludicrous and silly and we can count count on other uh, uh, calendars that's outside of Europe uh, that uh, uh, concur with the, our normal theory of this being 2018 AD. I think what they would say is we Indeed. changed our calendar after the Council of Nicaea specifically to match with those calendars right. so that we didn't notice that it was off. I think that would be their, uh, their way of uh, explaining that, where because it's all just still people making up numbers for random days oh, yeah, uh, that the Earth is flying through space. So, uh, you got to remember that yeah, calendars themselves yeah. are all just made up by human beings. So. Yeah, like Einstein even said that time is relative. So. Right, and uh, even uh, we don't even have the most acu- accurate calendar Ooh. you could make. Uh, the Gregorian calendar, we have to... Every four years, we have to have a leap year because if we didn't, over time, everything would be totally off yep. because we would uh, gain year uh, days and days every four years. So um, over whatever a thousand years, that would be many days. So now, uh, so there, there. Uh, did you think of any other proofs? There's of course archaeological proof that I didn't say. Uh, that's proving that the time period that they say didn't exist existed, but right. you could say that oh, that was planted there by people that had. That's what their explanation uh, is. Yeah, that these coins and uh, other things were put there on purpose to throw people off. Yeah. Which that kind of just makes me think of uh, people who believe there were, the dinosaurs and humans lived at the same time right. and that fossils were placed there by God to, uh, <laughs> to trick people. Yep. That's always a fun, That's uh, a good one. fun thing to go back to, but it kind of reminds me of that. This theory is like to it, to, um, a point, this theory is like, okay, that's super interesting. And then once you get into this, the point that we've gotten to right here, you realize that the likelihood or the um, the reasoning behind it, like doing it and then keeping it a secret for so long, is it would have to, somebody would have to be incredibly uh, diligent uh, to keep it secret. And number uh, number two, they would have to really give a crap. And the reasoning behind caring that everybody found out about this is very thin. It's very like uh, easy to rip apart. The whole Definitely. concept. So. Definitely. I totally agree. So, what is your thoughts about this theory? Where does it rate in the crazy scale? I think it's... I think this is super interesting. I don't think this is necessarily that, because it is kind of based off of a lot of um, 
uh, history, being a history buff. You can tell this guy definitely was a history buff, and he saw things in history that didn't really match up, and he was trying to take uh, take the things that he saw that he thought didn't match up and create a scenario where they it worked for his uh, theory. So it's, there's kind of a con- confirmation bias happening here. Right. If that uh, makes sense. So uh, I, I don't think it's that crazy. I think it's just a guy trying to confirm his own confirmation bias. I think it is interesting. Uh, it says, uh, although they... Uh, uh, oh, in uh, it's still discussed to this day in pseudo uh, history in German popular media, um, and he's still uh, this guy uh, Illig is still uh, make he's still writing books, some of which are based off of this theory. So, mm. it's much more of a uh, it's not really talked a lot about in regular uh, history or science or anything like this, but in Germany it is is much more recognized as something uh maybe not as true but it's recognized as a hypothesis there so right what do you think bro i think this scores really 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 low on the first scale to be honest uh maybe like if if one is normal and ten is bad shit crazy this is definitely a three or a 3.5 somewhere you know, I can see, I can see why why he needed to find a theory about everything that fits together with his worldview. So we we are human beings, and we have a tendency to do that uh, every day, <laughs> more or less. Right, make you just want to make connections to things to explain right. them. Yeah, and uh, and I, I I do think it's kind of that's a weird thing. I I also agree it's really really interesting, but some somehow it feels so plausible that it's almost a little like yeah okay if he was re uh, if he was right then what we would li- live in the 1600s or early 700s does it really matter no with my world. Uh, uh, view change because of this being right. No, not really. I mean, it would. It, it, uh, as far as your uh, the thing, if it, if let's say it just all of a sudden somebody came out and said, uh, uh, oh, this is a the Pope came out and said we actually have been lying about this the whole time. Uh, Want to let you know, three hundred years didn't actually happen during the Middle Ages. Uh, that whole thing where. It seemed like nothing was happening except people dying of diseases. That whole time didn't actually happen. It would change the way history is taught in schools. It would change the way we view history as far as how things happened and how we got to where we are now. So in that sense, um, there would be a huge change. There would be like everybody would if if it came out like that, everybody would have to rethink history. You know what I mean, Fro? Which that's a huge deal. Oh yeah, definitely. But I wouldn't wake up in the morning like thinking, "Oh, I'm in the 700s now," instead of, "Oh, I'm in 2017." Uh, well, <laughs> if the Pope came out and said that, you would, because I ah, think we uh, I, we would all I, go back. Yes. Or maybe we wouldn't. Maybe we would just say, "It, yeah, that didn't happen." But we're just gonna stick with 2017 and say it's good. 
It's good, man. It's okay, I think man. I'll, uh, what did they say? Uh, 1797, I think it was. It said 17... Uh, 17... Um, 96, but that video was made last year, so this year yeah. would be 1797, I think, is what they said. Um, I think one of the more interesting things that somebody proposed was, what if that whole Mayan calendar 2012 thing, what if that was actually real, but we're just 300 <laughs> we years off? 300 years <laughs> off, yeah. Right. What if those the Mayans were actually right, we're just, we have our, our calendar wrong? Now, it's an interesting theory. I don't believe it, but I think it's kind of... I, I, I don't know if I if I care enough to believe it or not. But I, I don't... I, I personally don't believe it, but that's my... my... I think it... I, I have no belief or any evidence to show that it's true, and even more evidence to show that it's false. Mostly, yeah. the one thing that really convinced me, like I said, is the astronomical... Yeah, the astronomical uh, evidence. Like, you can't... There's no way to uh, forge that yeah. in the past and then have it work with the future. So, um, especially not working with other cultures who are mapping the same thing. Um, Definitely. And I think that, that definitely kind of debunks it uh, 100%. But if somehow that came out to be all false, like fault, may, they made this false thing somehow, they were able to project the astrological stuff into the future somehow, 300 right. years, and then make all these books about it. Um, I think if it did come out, it would be a huge... It would be a huge deal, like, in in the culture of the world if something like this did come out. I think maybe right. that's the thing we're discounting is if it did come out, how big of a deal it actually would be uh, to mainstream culture. People right. would blow their tops if this did come out. It seems like, oh, it wouldn't matter. Just be like a different year. But if we found out that we had been lied to by all these people for a thousand years, then that would be a big deal. Yeah. I, I agree. Hey, uh, this week uh, I have a strange and kind of funny movie story to tell you. Uh, I uh, won an online competition and actually won two tickets uh, to go to see Baywatch. Uh, and I <laughs> didn't really want to do that. Okay. So uh, I, I was like, oh. I want tickets to the Baywatch movie. And my bad half, she was like, yeah, don't really want to see that. And I was like, no, me neither. So we both went to see it, uh, strangely enough. Uh, and guess what, uh, Luke? Uh, nobody liked it. Huh. Huh, weird. It was really, really bad. It didn't have any funny parts at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. I figured you were gonna say we went, we took the tickets, and then snuck into a different film. That's what I probably would have uh, done. But <laughs> uh, we we kind of did that as well. But uh, okay, I can't talk about it yet because uh, we snuck into a preview show. That uh, ah, yep. We that hasn't come out yet. All right. Yeah. What about anything you? else? Oh, nope. uh, oh! I know there's one other movie you watched this week, Fro. Okay. 
You posted it on our Facebook. Okay. It's a movie that was in our list last week of mine. <gasps> oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know how you forgot about this. Uh, you don't know how I forgot about it? I will tell you how I forgot about it. It was so bad that it made Baywatch uh, seem like a classical mu- musical. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I watched a uh, piñata movie uh, for some strange reason. I, I wanted to see that, or I didn't want to see it, but... I, I I watched it uh, because you said it was the worst movie ever, uh, and uh, the funny thing is that I didn't find it under Pinata, whatever you call it. I found it on YouTube under uh, Demon Island. Right, which I said last week. It had two names: uh, Pinata Survival Island and also Demon Island, depending yeah. on where you were from. But that's what they put it on as. The funny part is, you looked it up on YouTube. And yeah. it said Demon Island, but when you watched the beginning of the movie, it said yeah. Pinata Survival Island in the credits. So. Right. But uh, I just have to say that, uh, yeah, I watched this over three days because I couldn't take more than 30 minutes of it. I was like, sure, oh, 30 minutes of this is atrocious. How about, was... how about that ending fight sequence where she's like, I'll I'll save you, and it's like she slowly rolls across the ground like as slow as possible, and like they have to cut away so it doesn't look silly, but the cut even looks silly. And then there's like this slow motion shot of her throwing the thing across to like beat the uh, demon guy. It's really bad. But yeah, no, it was so bad that I I was I wasn't sure I was I was going to be able to see it all, but uh, yeah, I did because I'm a strong strong man. And I'm all stubborn. Sure, right. Uh, I saw the other Dave Chappelle stand-up this week. Okay. Uh, It's called Deep in the Heart of Texas. Uh, It's the second one he put out on Netflix. He put them out at the same time. But this one's in Texas, and the last one was in L.A. So the crowds are, like, totally opposite, kind of. It's in Dallas, Texas. Uh, And he does a whole different stand-up set and covers a lot of different other stuff uh i thought it was very good this one's a little bit more i want to say raunchy or offensive than the la one uh but i liked them both definitely worth checking out cool but we are going to watch the audio trailer for the movie that i really 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 wanted to watch this week and actually did now i can say it because I watched a preview of Wonder Woman, and we are going to talk about it now. I used to want to save the world. Is it kind of funny that the first thing I think of when I saw it, when she was walking over uh, the Louvre there, is like, is this a sequel to uh, uh, the Vinci Code? Well, she was looking at herself in, like, a picture from the old west, so... Right. Maybe just 300 years were missing. That's what they're doing. So. Okay. I learned this the hard way. A long, long time ago. This slow motion shot is really cheesy looking. It is. I'm sorry. I know people really like this movie, but that looks really cheesy. the war. What war? The war to end all wars. Weapons far deadlier than you They're all over imagine. the place in this movie. Wow. Now they're in like... Alice. 
Germany. They were just at like in a tropical island. You are in more danger. Trust. They're like on Atlantis. Trust me, the the uh, trailer looks uh, much much worse than the movie. Who is this woman? She's my um, secretary, sir. She's a very good secretary. Now they're in like old timey England. This is weird. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. I don't want to say anything. Yes. No, don't. I'm just saying, like, apparently Wonder Woman can travel through time. I don't know a lot about, like, the history of Wonder Woman, but I didn't know she could travel through time, so apparently that's a thing. Maybe. I was unaware that this was a time travel movie, I guess is my point. But, okay. Uh, no It really seems like it, from this trailer. Did the whip just blow up an entire building? Or did they just make it look like that in the trailer? How could a woman possibly fight in this? Fight? We use our principles. Although, I am not opposed to engaging in a bit of fisticuffs should the occasion arise. Why was that scene at the end? That's weird. This trailer uh, is really, really bad. <laughs> That did not make it look like a good movie. I mean, from everything I read, oh. a lot of people like this, but that did not make it look like a good movie. I totally agree. So, for some strange reason, I saw the press reprints uh, of this. Uh, yeah. So, that was cool. The what? Press briefings? Yeah, the press briefings. Briefings. The showing okay. for the press. Oh, uh, the press preview. Right, okay. But what is this movie all about, Luke? Right, Wonder Woman. Uh, oh, where'd it go? I just lost it, and now I'm finding it again. Oh, before she was Wonder Woman, she was Diana, Princess of the Amazons. Uh, wow, okay. Trained to be Unconquerable Warrior... Raised on a sheltered island paradise, Diana meets an American pilot who tells her about the massive conflict that is raging in the outside world. Alright. That's what we get. This has, oh, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Way up there. 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Still up there. Yep. That description doesn't make it sound good either. So, hmm. Alright. <laughs> Don't know... Don't know why people even went and saw this movie. From the trailer and from the description, it sounds horrible, but apparently people really liked it. So, uh, why don't... Oh, I'll do my review first. I got a couple of them, so let me let me see which one I want to do here. Uh, uh, let's do a bad one first. Yeah? Or yeah. what do you think? Yeah. And then we'll do a good one? Sure. Let's do a bad one, and then we'll do a good one. I actually have a bad one and a good one as well. Okay. I got one from Jess. Uh, I went to the Facebook, of course. A lot of tons and tons of activity on the Facebook. The Even in just one trailer that they posted, there was like over almost 2,000 uh, replies to the post. Uh, and that was just on one thing. So a lot of people talking about this movie. Uh, Jesse Kynet says, I'm sorry. I watched it tonight and found the movie way too played out and full of superhero cliches. Chris Pine was really not good in this movie, in my opinion. He acted as though 
visiting paradise and meeting a race of Amazons was about as cool as going to the country fair or the county fair. <laughs> I love the idea of what we were trying. Uh, I love the idea of what they were trying to achieve, but it felt ext- extremely disappointing uh, after all the hype. Uh, and let's get a good one uh, to kind of even that out. Uh, Sam Demons uh, says, Can't wait for the day we go back in time in our history class and learn how Wonder Woman ruled in a world, world full of men uh, interested in promoting only male characters. How with less promotion than other DC films, Wonder Woman was able to break records and set standards for the audience not defined uh, by a prom- promotion, but what they really want to see and understand. Uh, women are empowered whether Hollywood wants to talk about it or not. Apparently they do because they made this movie, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I kind of find... A lot of... Uh, uh, before you get into yeah. yours, on the Facebook, tons and tons about women empowerment. I think that was the big selling point of this film. Did you I, see anything about that, Fro? Uh, yes, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. And I, I do think it's kind of funny that uh, the woman uh, I was with hated this movie, and I liked it. Uh, she thought it was, uh, and I quote, really boring movie with a weak plot. Right. Yeah, okay. And... Uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is okay. I I didn't like okay. I didn't love love it, but to be honest, it's the best DC movie ever. Uh, that's not saying a lot, but, but sure, yeah. But, but they don't have a good track record. They yeah. they de- definitely don't. Uh, but I don't I don't understand why it has ninety three percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think that's ludicrously high. I I I I think it's it's uh, better than, for example, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Right. I I like this better than Doctor Strange, but less than Guardians of the Galaxy, for example. Uh, uh, the uh, number two is what you're talking about. I'm assuming. Right, number two. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, and my my big problem with this is actually Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gal, Gal Gadot. I'm not sure if a model can act, and I'm not sure if she helps it. I mean, she she was the best thing about Batman versus Superman, but that. Maybe I I've talked about how I can see good things about it. I still think it sucked, but it it is criminal how how she she has been trained. I mean, she was in Fast and the Furious five and six uh, as Giselle. Uh, she played in Night the uh, uh, Fast the uh, first Fast and Furious. She's uh, played in Night and Day. And I was like looking up all the things she's done, and I was like, "Where, where have I seen her before?" And it feels like I haven't seen her in anything. And it also feels like I haven't seen her in anything after I seen Wonder Woman. 
that's sure. kind of my main problem with Wonder Woman, where I feel like she's kind of playing a second fiddle to the main plot storyline. She's kind of she's there to play Wonder Woman. Yes, she is, but she doesn't really stick out. And like, if this was going to be like the big strong character, she's not actor enough to betray that. She's not actress enough to betray that that she has power. And that's where I feel like this movie is falling flat. And I think uh, my worst had, have said it like the worst thing about Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman. <laughs> there were at least on the Facebook, so many people posting. Uh, I love Gail Gadot. She's such an inspiration to women, and uh, I'm glad that little girls and can look up to her as a female role model in the, in, in the future and we don't have uh, we don't have characters like this in movies and I'm looking back and going is that true? Uh, I mean I haven't seen this movie is she like it, I mean other female uh, protagonists in history is she way better than all those other female oh, protagonists? No. Okay. I mean I haven't seen the movie so I, I can't defer to any anything but you Fro but um, there are a lot of people saying that, that like, this is the first female, uh, protagonist type character in a movie that they could look up to and go, oh, that's, uh, a good role model, which I don't know, but maybe. I, 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 one of the things I liked the most is maybe the, uh, how it was directed. I really liked the way it was directed. The battle scenes are really awesome. Uh, I would say that Chris Pine is is definitely uh, weak spot as, as well, uh, but I liked I liked all other cast almost, and I I, I think it was really uh, good good uh, play with uh, some some of the villains there was really strong, but I I I liked the story I liked everything around it I liked everything but some of the acting in it. it. She's best when she doesn't say anything. She's best in the in the fighting scenes. Wow, that sounded offensive towards women, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> but 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 she 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 feels like she's uh, the strongest in acting when she's doing her flips and her her uh, not talking parts. It feels like she's uh, you mean not acting. Not that uh, acting. I got a couple yeah. short ones. Why don't we do a couple short ones and we'll get out of this? But uh, I got a good one and a bad but one. They're I, both like can I say my two score? sentences. Can I say my score before we go? Sure. My uh, my girlfriend said she would give this four out of ten. Uh, I would give this a seven and a half. Seven. So, all right. I'll split the difference and say a uh, five. Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, I got one. Uh, these are both from the Facebook, but uh, let's, do you want a good one or a bad one first? Uh, let's do a good one. Good one this time. Jennifer Bundrum says this movie was so awesome. I didn't watch Batman versus Superman, even though that's not what a movie was called. Oh. But knowing Wonder Woman is in it, I'm going back to watch it now. The part with the no-man zone was amazing. Okay. The no-man zone? What is... I mean, I, I know I'd have to watch the movie, but that doesn't sound like a good part. <laughs> um, sounds offensive to me as a man. Uh, 
And we got a negative one from Jeffrey Holiday, and I think he is going to agree with a lot of what your uh, other half was saying, or maybe some of the stuff you were saying as well, but Jeffrey Holiday says, Another CGI-heavy cartoon looks like they recycled the Captain America sets and Colonel Striker from X-Men as well. Nothing new here, they just threw in some TNA to draw in the nerdy comic book losers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny. No, I guess I, I, yeah, like I said, it's not a bad movie. I, I was just, really, I, I was disappointed because I read how good it was going to be. Well, I'm not convinced by that trailer, so I'm going to say, yeah, I'm not going to go see it. Let's... Even if everybody's raving about it, we found it out in the past. Just because everybody's raving about it doesn't mean it's good. Uh, just look at Logan. Uh, and I know I say that with a heavy heart. Everybody attacked me about my hate for Logan. I mean, a lot of what I saw on the Facebook of people saying they liked it was because of women's empowerment and, like, they love the strong female character. None of those people were saying, like, anything technical about how great the... You know the film was, or how the storyline was great. It was all about that. So yeah, no. I think there was a lot of people that just liked it for that reason. Yep. That's not a reason to watch a movie, people. Uh, for some people, it is. You know, some people just watch movies because of a certain actor, and they don't care about the film. They're just like, oh, I love that actor. So that oh, is a I, certain I, segment of moviegoers that that do that. So I have it that way with Nick Cole and I will watch everything she's in. But it's mainly because she's in good movies. And anyway, it helps. It helps. Uh, extreme rules results. Let's go through it. Um, let's do uh, the result first and then talk a little about wrestling after. Sure. Uh, we started out with Kalista ver- uh, defeating Apollo Crews in the pre-show in just a regular singles match. I called this last week, even yep. though it wasn't booked. And other people on other podcasts said... That it was going to be Kalista versus Titus O'Neil, and then the next week they said that they got it right, even though they didn't. I'm not going to say who that was, but there are people out there that did that. Um, <laughs> going in wrong. <coughs> oh, sorry. Um, me and Fro really liked this match. We yes. were super surprised by this pre-show match. Like, really good. It was a really good, fun, fast match. I guess we shouldn't we shouldn't be surprised with Kalisto and Apollo Cruz. We know both those guys can really do some high-flying, fast stuff, mm-hmm. so. Um, I just find it, it's, I don't even know if it deserved to be on the pre-show, I guess, but next we had Miz defeating Dean Ambrose for the IC title. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this match, bro? Uh, I kind of liked it. Uh, was uh, The ending was really good, uh, where... He lost it because of a DQ. That really wasn't a DQ. I, I felt like it was a little bit too convoluted. Like it could yeah. have been a, a much more simple match and nothing would have been taken away. But I think there was something taken away because of how convoluted the stipulations were. I just don't think those were necessary. They could have just had a match. But it was the worst match yeah. of the night. It was definitely... No, no, no. Uh... Rich Swan and Sasha Banks defeated Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, this match is completely uneventful in my mind. I don't remember anything happening that was interesting or anything. Me neither. No, okay. Uh, Alexa think... Bliss defeated... 
Oh, go ahead. No, I, I just think I, I just think that the uh, that was kind of a man match, and it was so strange. But yeah, now to the. I guess we would probably care about it more if we watched two five live. Maybe sure. I'm not really sure, but that might be it. I feel bad for Sasha Banks though. I think she deserves to be a little higher in the card. It seems like maybe she I don't know did something wrong and they're mad at her or something. But right. uh, next we had Alexa Bliss defeating. Bailey in the kendo on a pole match for the Raw Women's Championship. Worst uh, match of the night, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't... I'm not going to say it against them. I think it's the worst match of the night because of the booking. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, cause it's just the way you do it on a pole, the ma on the pole match... You don't just automatically get the thing down from the pole right at the beginning of the match. That's just not how it works. Like, it, that makes everything anticlimactic. It breaks the whole match of, or the idea of a, uh, something on a pole match uh, when you just take the thing down right away. But this yeah. wasn't, like, a very short match. It was, like, five minutes short. or something. So. And I didn't like it. Um, I don't. To me, as far as the booking goes... The problems with this match and the Miz Dean Ambrose match were almost on par with each other. I think a lot of people would disagree, but to me, they were both kind of just as convoluted. That, uh, and some this, people would probably agree. Short, sure, them. which maybe that would make it better because you don't have to, you know, deal with it as long. Where the mm. Miz Dean Ambrose was twenty minutes long, second nice. longest match on the show. So. Uh, some people were mad at the stipulations of this. I mentioned it while we were watching it. Cesaro Sheamus defeated the Hardy Boys uh, by escaping the cage. And in this tag team cage match, it was you had to both get out of the cage to win the match. Um, and Jeff Hardy got out of the cage and then went back in the cage. And people were confused whether it meant that now Matt just had to get out of the cage or whether they both had to get out of the cage. It's a little bit of a confusing uh, cage match in that way. What do you think, Fro? I like this match. I, I think it was entertaining. Uh, I thought it was entertaining it, as well. I don't. I don't think it uh, was especially convoluted. I think it was pretty straightforward. I liked the ending. I definitely thought the part where Jeff got out and Matt didn't was a good storytelling. But then yeah. when you thought about the rules of the cage match, it kind of was like, this is a little confusing. How is this going to end? You know what I mean? But that's, I guess, if you're thinking about it and uh, if you're thinking about the rules ahead of time, I guess. But uh, Neville defeated Austin Aries in a submission match, which, again, this was a little bit of a confusing stipulation. Yeah, because we actually we were watching the match and I suddenly suddenly I said, oh, this is a, a submission match. And you go, oh yeah, that's right. It's a submission match. Nobody remembered that after like six, seven holds. Right, we were like uh, <laughs> halfway through the match maybe. And we oh, yeah, were like, definitely. all of a sudden they were like doing a submission for like, I don't know, a couple minutes. And I was like, oh, that's why we're just sitting here doing submissions. It's a submission yep. match. I don't know why we didn't like... Uh, maybe they just didn't point it out enough or whatever. Maybe. We, maybe it's because it's on 205 Live, so we don't really watch it. Maybe that has to do with why we just forgot about it. But the other problem is there were, that you pointed out, Fro, there were rope breaks 
uh, in the submission match oh, so where you can only win by submission. And Fro was like, what happens if you get disqualified? You can't win. It says right in the stipulation you can't win by anything but a submission. Yeah. Very confusing. So there was a lot of confusing stipulations. It seems like the wrestling was really good on this, but as far as the writing, it was an incredibly overbooked pay-per-view in yeah. my, my mind. Definitely. Uh, Samoa Joe defeated Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and Bray Wyatt for the uh, number one contender for the Universal Championship. Match of tonight for me. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, this or Kalisto Apollo Crews and... Considering that wasn't for anything, uh, well, I'll this, go with this, this one. This wasn't for anything either, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I mean, the number one contender, but yeah, for who is going to get beat up by uh, Brock Lesnar at the next pay-per-view. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I really like this match. Really, really, really good. Yeah, I was happy with who won, even though none of us got it correct. Uh, I was happy Samojo went over... I, Especially his stuff on Raw was really, really good. Yep. Uh, Raw was just kind of amazing this week. Uh, and SmackDown kind of sucked. Amazing. So, yeah. If anybody out there was like, oh, they just like Smack SmackDown because it's not Raw or ver vice versa. Oh. No. Nope. SmackDown sucked this week. Except for even the... Uh, even the fashion file. Fashion police sucked. Yeah. But only because, only because New Day so was New in there. Day. New Day ruined it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Get them okay. off my SmackDown. I like New Day, but... They are not doing good on SmackDown. They're ruining everything. I totally agree. So, yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe going against Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire. I haven't heard this on any other podcast, but do you know why it's called Great Balls of Fire, Fro? Have you really thought about why they named it Great Balls of Fire? Uh, no. This is sponsored by... Rocket League. Ah. See? Now, ah. I don't think anybody else has made the connection but me, but they're naming this pay-per-view uh. after the sponsor of the pay-per-view. That's what the name is based off of. I think that is yeah. incredible. I don't know if there's ever been a pay-per-view named after the sponsor of the pay-per-view. pay-per-view? Uh, no, I don't think so. Right, exactly. I don't remember that ever happening. If it has... Another digital citizen at gmail.com. Send us, <laughs> send us what it was because I don't remember them ever naming a pay per view after the sponsor uh, of the pay per view. So. We should uh, ask Bill. He knows everything about that. I'm sure he would. Yeah, ask Bill. Uh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, uh, like I said, yeah, Raw was fucking amazing this week. How good was Raw? Oh, oh yeah, really, really so good. So good. And then I was uh, so let down. I like. Uh, yeah, I really like the stuff with Cass and Enzo. I think so funny. It's pretty much pretty much. I think you were right. I, I'm pretty convinced that they're going with Cass at this point. Yeah. Uh, but it's WWE, so if they think that we all think it's going to be Cass, they could just try to swerve us and for the, the sake of the swerve. And yeah. And we have the storyline with uh, uh, with the commentator uh, and. And Kurt Angle, which Kurt is, Angle. I assume, also just based off of the Enzo cast storyline. I think they're this. Yeah, I think they're based on the same thing. I think uh, the person who he's talking to, because he said in uh, not this week but last week that they were uh, related. Yeah, 
that the two things were re- related. I don't know how they're related, no. but somehow Kurt Angle is involved. So I think that's good because I think we mentioned on this show in the past, like we want to see Kurt Angle oh, more yeah. involved in storyline, not yeah. wrestling, but just more involved in storyline. I think this this is them doing it. So I thought, uh, okay. let's see what happened on SmackDown. Nothing it opened interesting. Up with, that's why it opened up with that crappy thing for the women's uh money in the bank match which kind of confused me because he said or who said it uh the champion why can't i not remember her name naomi naomi right she said that whoever wins this has to go against me is what she said so yes. do they just get a title shot or do they get like money in the bank where they can cash it in no, whenever it they want? No, it was money in the bank. It's some real money in the, in the bank. So Okay, they confused, they confused me in that segment. I was oh, like, definitely. wait a second. Oh yeah, definitely. No, it's the real money in the bank. It it looks good. I will give them that. Oh, I like that. Yeah, they changed the color of the briefcase. It's yeah. the same. It looks pretty much the same, but... Uh... That's not a real, really a big deal to me. I'm, the match will, it'll be good. I was just worried that they weren't going to make it, uh, make it uh, the kind of money in the bank where you can cash it in at any time. Because the way she said it, it was like, I'm not, I'm going to be champion forever. It was that her point is that she's trying to say I'm not going to lose this championship and you're going to have to face me. Maybe that's what she meant, but right. it did not come across that way. So SmackDown was just a little broken this week. I think everything on it was. It's almost like they were like, SmackDown's doing too good. We have to crap it up. It felt like that. <laughs> Big Brother! Hey, Big Brother UK Season 18. We are going to talk about the live lunch. Oh, we forgot something. <laughs> we forgot something in oh. the Extreme Rules results. Who won? Oh, yeah, who won? Fro, uh, Fro got three out of uh, the seven. Uh, I, I don't remember which ones those were because Tilly's not here. I got four out of the seven, and Tilly got four out of the seven. I had gotten Kalisto correct, Cesaro and Sheamus, Neville and Swan and Banks. Those were the matches I had gotten correct. Uh, Tilly's not here, so we can't really do, like, pick numbers. But if she wins, we're just going to have to figure out what she wants to do in the future. But I got a coin, and we got a hold of Tilly before the show. She picked tails, so I'll go with heads. And we're going to flip this coin. Uh, hopefully I can... I, I want to try to get the sound of the coin in the podcast. But this is... Well, let's see what... Idaho co- uh, Quarter. Okay. It's uh, from... 2007. Alright, let's flip this thing. It's Tails. So Tilly wins. Tilly wins. So we're going to have to figure out what she wants to do in the future. Oh. Uh... And we'll let people know. Now it's Big Brother UK season 18. Live lunch. <laughs> because I can't say lunch. <laughs> Live uh, launch. I guess we'll just call it day one. Because it was two episodes. Started on Monday. Which was kind of weird. We mentioned last week it was going to start on Saturday. Yeah. Because when me and you, Fro, were, not, were watching the last pay-per-view. Not this one. The SmackDown pay-per-view. We had looked it up. Yeah. And they had moved... The, the start date of uh, the show. And you because know of, why. I know because why. Because of the election. Yes. And then they apparently, and we had looked it up, it was going to be the third. And then they moved it again from Saturday to Monday. Yep. Not really sure why they moved it the second time. And the second time is because of the concert that was in Manchester. 
Ah, okay. Ah. That makes sense. Probably yep. took over, yeah. And uh, the other thing is usually at the beginning of Big Brother UK, they'll take two days, uh, two separate days to do the introductions of, they'll split the house guests in half. Yeah. So they'll do the first half and then they'll do the second half the second day. Where this year, they did it all in one day, and but I... it was like an hour and 45 minute show. Happy about that. Yes. Yeah, I it those two episodes are usually ones I skip if I'm watching like old seasons because right. you uh, in episode two of this season at least or episode three usually you're gonna get the introductions of those people anyways it yeah. just takes a lot less time. Yep. But we're gonna cover the live launch because actually a little bit of interesting stuff that happened in it um, yeah, with definitely. the extra people that they're adding in. So, uh, I we're not really gonna get ratings for this because it's an everyday thing. But this live launch episode, at least, uh, the very first episode, got 1.2 million people watching, which is not a huge amount, but it's also not anything to you know, throw a stick at. You know what I mean? Right. And it's Britain. Re- remember that. So it's a little. I less guess. I, well, I, the article I was reading is uh, the first. Uh, way back, the very first ep- episode of, of UK, uh, UK Big Brother right. um, ever. Did fifteen point seven million people. Ooh, so, okay. so since then, <laughs> but <laughs> since that was then it's gone down. Right, that's eighteen seasons or uh, seventeen seasons ago, I guess. But, right. um, so yeah, we oh. open up uh, the live launch, and we have our big giant outdoor area, which we will get every week when we do um, who uh, the the episodes where people get voted off, which are on Fridays. Uh, we open up with our outdoor arena with all our uh, what fans, I guess we'll call them. They're always there. And our host, Emma Willis. Love Emma. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I got a huge crush on her. I, I, she's got she's married and she's got like three kids, but she's still super hot. Yep. Um, she's got a nice white knit dress on, I wrote down, and an umbrella. Which, I don't know why they always do an outdoor... Um, thing Lunch. at uh, in in Britain well, no it's yeah it's, i mean they they do this same uh area once a week for the rest of the show yeah. we'll talk about it on friday but they always do it and it's england and it always rains and they always do an outdoor thing so they always have to have umbrellas yep so she's got an umbrella um and it's see-through it's a blank uh, uh, um, umbrella right well they do that for the you know, they did it for the one contestant lady Fun. as well i think it's so that they can get photos and right. it won't block off, block out their hair, so you can still see their makeup and everything. And there was um, a lot of press there. We saw that, so. I think some of that, they, they fake a lot of that stuff to make it look more important than it is. But, yeah, I know what you mean. But, uh, let's see. Oh, she, Emma Willis says this is going to be the season called United Kingdom of Big Brother. And goes into kind of a diatribe about the recent terror attacks and how this uh, season is... Of all about um, the people of the UK getting along and uh, getting together uh, and not uh, not showing the differences between people, but showing how people get along. Right. Which, that's kind of what Big Brother uh, UK is all about, is showing, you know, just people interacting with each other. So, so we get this... Oh, this is the part where they tell us that uh, the audience can vote for the people's housemate 
So this people's housemate has uh, the ability to have contact with the outside world. And they go in as a regular housemate, but there are four people that uh, the public can vote for. And those uh, these four, four candidates are Andrew, the weird custom one that is really positive about everything. Andrew is 24 from Glasgow, and I wrote he's Russell Brand's stunt double. <laughs> yes, he looks like Russell Brand. Then we have Simone, the short, big-breasted one, and kind, kind of all over the board. She she screams a lot and shouts a lot, and I was like, yeah. I really don't talk." I wrote down the party him. girl, the party girl with the boobs, because uh, yeah. she's got this dress on that her boobs are practically falling out every two minutes. She has to adjust to oh. make sure they're not falling out. Uh, we get another lady later who doesn't seem to worry too much about that, but, um... Then we have Sue. Simone is 28 oh. from Seaside. Sorry. Then we have Go Sue, ahead. the sassy one, as I call her. And she's kind of weird. I wrote that too, Fro. I wrote the sassy older lady. Uh, she's 48. <laughs> 48 from Bedfordshire. Uh, and she, her, she's kind of got a catchphrase, power to the people, she keeps right. saying. So All she's... Over. Right, she's got that Black back, black Panther mentality or something, I guess, because she's got power to the people. She's holding up the fist. So she was... Actually, she seemed kind of cool. Um, if there wasn't already a sassy older lady that we get later in the in the episode, yeah. they might have picked her. But I think her... She was already... Her um, demographic already had somebody represented. So I think that's why she didn't get the votes. But uh, And then we get Tom... From Wales, 21. The normal one, and kind of boring, I bet. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I wrote average lad, is yes. what I wrote. He's a very oh, average, average guy. Uh, uh, with a, But he's got a Welsh accent, which is a little interesting uh, compared to some British accent. It's You know, it's much different. Uh, he, and he, he does have kind of a thick uh, Welsh accent, but... Uh, he definitely looks normal, and he just looks like a guy that you would walk past and not think twice about yep. him because he's just so normal looking. Um, so these are the four people that the uh, audience or the people at home get to vote on. One of these people is going to go into the house. We'll find out later in the show. And I was so sure. I was so sure it was going to be Andrew. I was so Sure, because he goes, he's positive all through the show. He's, right, he's right. maybe a little too positive. And all all the signs I see in the audience is vote Andrew. So I was pretty sure that There Andrew, were a few signs for that, yeah. Yeah, so I was pretty sure that Andrew was the one that was going to go in. I was thinking Sue was going to be the one to go in, but I think it was because I know that this show skews towards older uh, women. Right. It skews towards, like, over 40-year-old uh, ladies. A lot of other people watch it, but that's, like, the way it skews. So the, I figured those were the people that were going to vote. But that's not what we get at all. So, so the um, first, first one we get... First housemate we get introduced by Emma Willis. Go ahead. Yes, it's Arthur, and he's the rich douchebag uh, that is the biggest douche in the world, I put down. Arthur is from Dunsford. He's 24. He's unemployed. I wrote rich kid. And the whole time he's doing his intro video, he's wearing a horse uh, onesie <laughs> outfit yeah. with like a horse head that goes like uh, <sighs> it's like a it's a hoodie onesie. And the, the hoodie part looks like a horse head 
on top of his, his head. I don't know how to describe it other than that. But the guy is... Uh, we find out later he's very socially awkward. I mean, just from the way we see him interacting with the other people, just in the show, yeah, he's a very strange guy. He seems like he's been very sheltered. Do you think that, Fro? Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's the sheltered rich kid. Then we get... Uh, next we get an overview of the house. Yep. Uh, from Emma Willis, we see... Uh, it looks like kind of a fantasy. Um, I think they even call it kind of like... It looks like a Disney movie a yeah. little bit. So we have... And there's... It, it's supposed to look like a village. So there's these two cabins that look like a fairy tale college... Uh, cottage. And kind of a run-down cottage. And those are the bedrooms. And there's a bus stop outside. Really uh, cool. With, that's just kind of the... I think that's the smoking area. Yeah, More than too. likely. Yeah. Um, and they show that the shower is basically connected to the outdoor yeah. and into the bathroom, except it's see-through, and it's in the middle of the whole house. Yeah, it's really cool. So the shower is... There's no privacy for the shower. Of course not. Uh, they show us the diary chair, and it's not a very impressive diary chair. No, I I, 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 am, I was a little like concerned about why they picked this as a diary chair. That's... It looked weird. It's just boring, but I'm, they were going... It looks like uh, maybe a grandmother's chair she would have in her house. Right. Kind of, like a gran granny chair, except it's in the middle of, like, a field. But uh, it's just very strange. So, next, uh, we have our second house guest. Ellie! Uh, Ellie. Yep. From Castleford, uh, 23, and she works at a trampoline park. I call her the talking Barbie with the nice breasts. I have a strange feeling she can come uh, long in this competition, I put out. Uh, yeah, I felt good about her. I, she seemed like somebody who could get along with people. She seemed yeah. like she'll have a good social, social. game. You're right. Yeah. And she's just a working class uh, lady, kind of. Is She even points that out in her in her uh, op her opening uh, VT or whatever you call it. Right. And uh, that always does well with the public because they identify with people like that. Right. So they won't vote them out. So, oh. like, I totally agree with you, Frobo. She had a very funny um, quote. One of the only funny, uh, good quotes out of this whole episode, but she says, uh, if an orange man can become president, maybe I can win Big Brother. <laughs> but she can't remember the name of Donald Trump, Donald Trump. so she just calls him the, the orange, orange man. man. Yeah, I, I think that's so funny. <laughs> Which is ironic because she is, like, really orange as well. But Yeah, and that's why I'm calling her the talking Barbie. <laughs> she seems a little uh, not extremely uh, clever. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have, call her stupid. I wouldn't. She didn't really look like a Barbie, oh. but except for maybe the extremely huge tan, she looks very um, uh, working class. Right. But yeah, she does have that tan going on, and she does. She does seem a little ditzy, but who knows? She might surprise us. We will see. Uh, we come back from commercial, and I thought this was funny. Emma apologizes for Arthur's language. Because I didn't notice the first time around, uh, but I, I kind of rewound it and to see what he did. But he flips off the crowd. He gives them the double. Yep. Uh, uh, what do you call it? It's the, the bird. British. The double uh, bird. The bird, right. He gives them the double bird yep. uh, as he's going into the house and he yells something at the crowd. I didn't hear it, but 
It must have been pretty bad because Emma had to come back from commercial and apologize if anybody was offended and by she it. Does it uh, she does it more times during the show, so... Uh, this was the second time, but this was the last time. She apologizes for him. She looks at them and says, Did he just uh, do something to with his hands? And they're like, uh, yeah, but she wasn't really sure. So they go to commercial, they come back, and that's when she apologizes. Right. But yeah. Um, third contestant, uh, or house guest, uh, Lowton, 28, from Essex, and he is a male stripper. Yes, I said uh, the training stripper one, because he's also training his body. And the man-whore one, that thinks he's the gift, God's gift woman, can't be interviewed at all, I put down. Because when he gets interviewed... He doesn't answer anything. He goes... Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, when he comes out, you mean? Yeah. Uh, sure. I mean, you're going to be nervous. That probably was just him being nervous in front of the cameras or whatever else. But, but he didn't... Uh, he I wrote down tattooed jock. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's the man whore in this, because we get a guy who's even more of a man whore. They even call him a man whore yeah. later in the episode. So I don't know if we'd call this guy. He's just a stripper... Uh, and he says that he has his penis insured for 12 million pounds. Yeah. Uh, this guy also has a black belt in karate, uh, which, um, to me, means that he's going to have some pretty good discipline as far as not getting, uh, he's not going to have a bad temper, because karate and those kind of martial arts teach you to control your temper and to control your emotions. So I think this guy may do uh, better than we think. Yeah. Then we have the next, uh, the first couple, couple. Right, of... Ima, uh, Imran and uh, Sakinder. Sakinder or Sakvinder, right? Yeah, Sakvinder. Yeah, and she has to point out to people multiple times in both episodes. They want to say, "Oh, can I call you Suck for short?" And she oh. has to be like, "No, <laughs> you can't. That's not my name." She's like, "My name is Sakvinder," and they're like, multiple people had said, "Oh, can I call you Suck?" Yeah. Why would you? Wouldn't you say, "Can I call you Vinder?" That's right. what my nickname would be, but whatever. And I call uh, them but the Imran... Ground, yeah, I call them the grounded couple, because one is Sikh and one is Muslim, and they are definitely contenders for winning, because they are going to win for their kids that are named Jasmine and Qaddafi. Qaddafi! Yes, I'm not joking. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it's a common name, I'm guessing. Uh, they're from Leeds. Uh, they're married, obviously. Um, Sukvinder is an inventor. She invents baby products, is what she says. And Imran, we don't ever get if... He must be a stay-at-home dad or something, because we never get uh, his employment. But the, like you said, one uh, he's Muslim and she's Sikh. So this is interesting. Um, I mean, after the attacks and stuff. Right. Uh, I think it's interesting to see the interactions that people are going to have. Cause even, even later, I think it was the second episode where, um, Arthur sits down and talks to suck vendor right. about her religion. So, so next, uh, Charlotte and Mandy. Oh, I should mention our couples are not individuals. No, they are. Each one of them can get voted out. So that, and, uh... the pairs are not one person. Then we get Charlie and Mandy, mom and daughter. Charlotte. Charlotte and Mandy. Yeah. Uh, from Retford, mother and daughter. Uh, 
They're from Yorkshire. And they look like sisters, I put down. Definitely not going to win, but it's going to be the part bull, uh, part, party animals, it seems, and they are kind of snobs. Uh, yeah. They have to point out that they're both single, and Charlotte, uh, <laughs> the daughter, uh, she, call, she says that her mother gets picked up by guys more at the bar because she's a real bitch. Yep. Uh, she's Charlotte is calling herself a bitch, is yep. what she says. So that's not me saying that or her mother saying that. Nope. That's her saying that about herself. Yep. Um, and the mother, Mandy, says that she's a snob when it comes to men. So these two ladies are all about the guys and going out to the bar. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of their, their uh, what they're being portrayed as, at least in the show. So we get another couple. Introduce Deborah and Hannah. Uh, they're from East Lust East London, and they're sisters. And uh, I put down that they are not super interesting, <laughs> to be honest. But I think there will be a better inside of the house. The host really likes them, and puts. Uh, I I think they make it really clear that I think the production wants Deborah or Hannah to win. Because the the host is really like loving them, right? She does. She even says when they come out of their uh, when they go in the house right after they uh, go back to Emma Willis, Wasn't she that says great? something something to the effect of "they're my favorite" or something yep. like that. But we find out that Hannah is actually Miss Nigeria UK 2017, so she's like a beauty queen of some type. She's very attractive. Uh, they're both very attractive, but you can tell which ones the beauty queen and which one's the older sister, it seems like. You know what I mean? But I think, as far as the couples go in this competition, they're definitely going to have an advantage. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So Definitely. Uh, which I think Tom get, did a good job with what we get later, uh, trying to do something about that, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Deborah, they say, has a really annoying laugh, and that can go against you in the house because people will vote you out for little things like that if they're just annoyed by your laugh after three or four weeks. You know what I mean? Definitely. So that could be a negative. Uh, next house guest we have is Joe. He's kind of our token old guy from yep. South London, and he's 56. I put out the old one. is going to be a character in Big Brother. It, he's going to be one of the biggest players there. I have a feeling that he is going to be the one that surprises us most uh, by playing big. Uh, I, I think I, he'll stay under the radar for a while, and it yeah. seems like people aren't really offended by him. But I think at some point, he seems like a ticking time bomb. Oh, definitely. Because he seems like he seems hard as fuck. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he seems like these are this is the way I do things, and there's no other way to it's do them. My like, way or the highway. Exactly. And then some. When some event comes up that. Uh, challenges that i think he's gonna be the guy who you know really goes off on somebody uh but he comes out and we get geezer chants from the crowd they're chanting geezer geezer yep. which i thought was funny and he he seemed to love it yeah <laughs> he was totally living it up but uh ne our next house guests kieran and rebecca uh from clithero i think it's called and they're co-workers yeah the workers not sure i like either of them but I can see him coming a long way, and she seems a little bit out there, I put. Uh, I think she has a good chance. 
Uh, I think she has a really good mind for it. Uh, Rebecca owns uh, a private investigative yeah. a- agency, so she has that kind of PI mind where she's going to be able to like sense people's emotions and kind of stay out of conflict, maybe, and really uh, maybe understand what's going on behind the scenes. But do you understand? Uh, Kieran I... is her employee, and yeah. she she uses him to trick women into. Um, cheating on their husbands so that they can ch- prove that uh, women are cheating on their husbands uh, as part of their private investigative things. And Kieran calls himself a man whore and she calls him a man whore. So this guy is really the one we should be calling the man whore. But do you understand what I mean when I say that I think Rebecca's biggest flaw and biggest uh, uh, problem in the game is going to be Karen. Uh, she seems kind of attached to Kieran. Yeah, that's uh, why. Why I think. But I think she'll. I think it's also a bit of an act to try yeah. to make herself maybe look like uh, less intimidating. Because yeah. I think this lady is a lot smarter than she's letting on. Okay. She even okay. said she. Uh, she was. Uh, she got awards for her business acumen when she was very young. So she's a wow. very smart lady, even though she maybe doesn't portray herself that way. Um, next we have Kaylee from Port Talbert. Yeah, and I put out my favorite. I fucking love her. She is sassy, and she's definitely going to be a play, a big player. I have a strong feeling that people are going to love or hate her. I love her. She is my favorite so far. Why can I not... I cannot even see her face, like, in my head right now. Like, I remember all of them, but she is so, like... Uh, I, I loved her look. I, I feel I, like she's so bland, I can't even remember what she looks like. Oh, I freaking loved her. I, I, I just think she's perfect for the game. Hmm. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Uh, our next, uh... Oh, right here, um... When she comes out, it, this is where it rains on the audience, so she has to have the uh, umbrella. She's the only one of the contestants that they end up having to give an umbrella. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, she is very, uh, at least in these episodes, not very memorable. I like her. Sure, I'm just saying she's not very memorable. Um, next we get our second to last uh, contestant, Raph. That's not Ralph, even though I want to say it. It's Raph, R-A-P-H, like Raphael. Yeah. Uh, he's from Exeter, Exeter, and he's 23 and a student. Yeah, and he's also uh, half American. Or he has lived in America for a fucking long time. He loves Donald. He is actually half American, half Chinese. His dad was American. His mother was Chinese. He grew up in Sweden, and he's going to college in London. Right. Or, or in the UK, I mean. So, he's a, he's a world traveler, I guess we'd say. I put him down as the American one. Donald Trump voting and hate Brexit. My biggest hate? Yes, definitely. I put out. I hate him maybe the most. Uh, say that... What I got was... Uh, he studies psychology. That's what he studies at university. Uh, he was against leaving the EU. That's what you got, right? Right. And he voted for Trump. Yep. 
So those are two opposing kind of narratives in a way. Yep. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, but he gets heavy, heavy booze when he comes out. Mostly probably because he said he voted for Trump. Uh, and maybe a little bit because he's the only American. Which yeah. one do you think it is more? The Trump voting or him just being an American? I think it's a good combination. <laughs> a little bit of both, right? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, he gets super booze. And I think this guy is one of the people... He could have a chance... Um, the House could just keep him around to get him to the end as somebody you could easily win against. Yeah, he will never ever but win. But if he turns stuff around and uh, kind of makes a change in, in the way he's portrayed yeah. on TV, he could... He, it, that That's a way to win in, in Big Brother UK. Uh, yeah, if he was able to turn everything around and everybody looked at him and went, wow, this guy's really changed his viewpoints and he's become a better person. You can, you can win just on that in big brother UK. So, but all right. Our last one, our my, last, my, my hater, the one you hate the most. Yeah, definitely. I would not say that, uh, for me, but he seems like his, his introduction, they made him seem really bad, but once you saw him in the house, he didn't really actually seem like that bad of a guy. Oh, no. I think it was just... Inside the house. Uh, he was kind of talking talking it up, yeah. Yeah. Last one, so our we last have house guest, Chanel. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Our last house guest is Chanel. She's from Manchester, uh, and I just wrote boobs because <laughs> she has this dress on that is like falling off of her body and her yep. boobs are hanging out you see nipple the whole time when she's coming down the stairs her you see her underwear she's wearing white underwear let's just say white white thong we see the whole thing we see all of it it's a quite a revealing dress uh but she's a care assistant and she loves animals that was the whole thing yeah i put her down as the crazy cat woman and a model and she's crazy. She's not going to come far. I have a feeling not. I think she's going to be one of those that been voted out pretty early in the game. Oh yeah, it seems especially from the next episode, which we'll cover in a second. But so we get uh, the people's housemate pick between the four we mentioned earlier, and Tom ends up winning the normal guy, uh, which I was happy about. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm fine with it. I think it's somebody, as far as being able to do the job that they gave him, at least in this first episode, he did it in a way where I was like, oh, that's smart. I think he did a good job as far as playing the game and not making any enemies. So, uh, the end of this episode, uh, the end of the launch episode, inside the house, the house guests are told by Big Brother that Tom has the power to choose half the house to be exiled from the village. And he will have to choose uh, which half will be exiled and which ones will not. And one of this, one half goes to the really nice bedroom that's like a nice cottage and looking thing. And the other one's kind of like a, a cabin in the woods looking thing. You know what I mean, Fro? Right. So that was the end of uh, the launch episode. Uh, leaving us off, oh, who's Tom going to pick? That was our uh, cliffhanger. So we go into episode two, which is actually just day one, except it's shown from the perspective of inside the house instead of what we saw on the launch night, which is shown from a perspective of outside the house. Right. Would you agree with that, Fro? 
Yeah. So we see the house guests enter the house, um, and Arthur is the first one to go in, and every time a, a lady comes down the stairs, they cut to Arthur, and his eyes get really big, and he's like... <laughs> It's clear Arthur has never even seen a woman before or something. He has to be a virgin. <laughs> I, yeah, it seems like it. He just, he's overwhelmed, especially when Chanel comes down and he's just like, oh my gosh, because her, her dress is like barely a dress, like I said. Uh, people start to settle in in the house and... Um, Everybody seems to be just getting to know each other, hanging out in different areas, like different little groups. And all of a sudden, Arthur uh, takes off his, all of his clothes to, down to his underwear and jumps in the pool. So this yeah. guy's a little wacky. He's just know. like, oh, I'm going to just jump in the pool in my underwear, even though I've just met these 15 people and none of them know me. Like, I'm just going to go down to my skivvies. Yeah. Very um, interesting. I mean, maybe he's just playing, like, I'm going to make this entertaining. He's doing it for the crowd. You know what I mean? Right. What do you think, Fro? I, I have no clue, because, uh, yeah, like you said, it seems a little, like, cuckoo for me to do that. Like, he's not smart enough to think about the crowd. He's just doing this because he's wacky. Yeah. Uh, after he gets to the pool, Arthur's now, he's, he come, he gets out, and he still doesn't have any clothes on, but there's a mannequin in the corner, uh, and it's wearing some clothes. So Arthur starts to strip the clothes off this mannequin, <laughs> and he wants to wear the sweater. And this. Big Brother gets mad at him for for dismantling the mannequin, but he takes the sweater and he wears it through this whole episode. So yeah, they can't be that angry. Well, they didn't say put the clothes back on the mannequin. They just said don't break the mannequins. So. He put it back together, I guess, uh, and he, they don't get mad at him for wearing the sweater the rest of the episode, so I don't think they were that angry. But we found out, I mean, if you've watched past Big Brother UKs, sometimes uh, an accumulation of them breaking the rules, Big Brother will get mad and then will punish the whole house. It's happened before. Right here I just wrote Chanel is really annoying, which is just kind of true for this whole episode. What do you think about that, Fro? Yep. She's very, very annoying. She uh, she's extremely loud and uh, not in like a boisterous good way. It's just she's just loud and she's talking about how big her boyfriend's penis is and uh, <sighs> saying how she's going to hump one of the mannequins if she gets horny and things like that. He not like her. No, I nobody in the house likes her either. We find out in this episode. But Tom, our um, people's housemate is called to the Intelligence Center. I don't know. They want to call this the Intelligence Center, and it's got all the computers and everything. That's the whole idea here. Right. They're definitely playing off of the attacks, because we have... Uh, even The thing about the exiled people, it's like you have... They call them the citizens, and then the exiled ones, and really what they're... Tr they didn't put it in these terms, but what they're saying is like the people who are citizens and then the other people. And what they're referring to, kind of without referring to it in the show, is saying immigrants. You know what I mean? But they don't say it in the show. And then you have them voting for one of And then you have the guy who's in the intelligence center. See what I mean? Who's yeah. Gonna, it is, they're kind of playing off the terrorism thing in this show. Which I don't 100% like. I think it's a little... Um... A little crooked, maybe. A little, like... It feels a little skeevy. But hopefully it won't be a big, big thing going through this, but... 
Tom in the Intelligence Center has a Facebook Live session with the public about the housemates. Uh, so he this is the first time he gets to talk to the public outside. And they, they give him information about what the public thinks about all the housemates. So oh. that Tom can pick which ones he wants to exile and which ones he wants to make citizens. So, uh, this is the part where Tom... Uh, we find out that Tom, when he picks the people who get exiled, the they say the exiled housemates are the ones that are not safe from eviction. Right. They don't say that they're going to face eviction, but they're the at least the people who are citizens, they're not going to be up for ev eviction this week, is what I got from right. it. Is that what you got from Yeah. I, I doubt we're going to have eight people up for eviction, but uh, at least at the end of this review, I think for Friday, let's pick out of those people and see which one we think is going to get evicted. We'll do that at the end of the of the thing. I, 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 my question is, do you think he was comfortable with this much power? Uh, I think after the Facebook, uh, thing, uh, the Facebook live session, uh, and he was able to say to people, oh, these are the reasons I did it. It wasn't because of me. It was because the people of the UK on Facebook told me these are the people I should get rid of. I think it made him much more comfortable and, it 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 made it so he wasn't at a disadvantage, right off the starting block. You know what I mean? Get out. Sure. So after Tom does the Facebook Live session, he gets all this info on all, all the different house guests and how the city, uh, the UK feels about them. He get he comes out and we do a whole ceremony of him saying which ones are citizens and which ones are exiled housemates. Uh, our citizens are Imran, Ellie, Debbie. Kieran, Mandy, Joe, Kaylee, and Tom. Of course, Tom. Uh, and our exiled housemates end up being Rebecca, Raph, Hannah, Sukvinder, uh, Chanel, Arthur, Charlotte, and Lotan. And it seems like he did a good job because, um, to me, I think he, he definitely did it in a way he followed what the UK were saying on Facebook, but he also made sure that he split up all the couples. Right, and I, that uh, is one of the things that I, I liked about it, that he split up the couples, because it makes no sense to have couples together in the first uh, period of time. Right, and it also... Doing every couple, splitting up all the couples, it makes it him seem more fair, whereas if you would have split up this couple or that couple right. and left some couples, it would have it would have made him look bad. I think he's, he's a very smart player. Is what we're realizing from this uh, this pick that he did here. Maybe mm -hmm. smarter than we give him credit for, but we'll see in the future. So after we get our picks, Big Brother opens the two bedrooms, and we get to see the nice one and the nasty one kind of more in detail. The nasty one, I would probably stay there and not yeah, have any problem, to not, be honest. Not that any problem. I've seen worse Big Brother nasty house. Right, I've this. seen worse um, houses just going over to people's house. Yep. Uh, I was like... Some of the, they had like graffiti on the wall and stuff like that, and I'm like, that just kind of looks cool to me. Like it doesn't. Maybe you're they're trying to go for like it's supposed to look like a uh, a house that's been abandoned and people like vagrants have come in and like spray painted things and stuff like that. But to me, it just looked like mm, this looks kind of cool. Uh, where the other house, uh, the other uh, bedroom is like looks like a cottage from a Disney movie, like we've said. 
I don't think I could handle staying in there. It would be too overwhelming to to me. It, it seems weird, but I think that's how I feel. What do you What do you think, Fro? No, I I totally agree. Uh, I I I think there's there's something about that bad house uh, in Norwegian uh, Big Brother, for example. They had to sleep with rats. <laughs> like yeah, that's more hardcore for sure. Right. I mean, the last Canadian Big Brother, at least the uh, what do they call them? The have not room. That was what? much more brutal than this. No much beds, worse. and there's like a giant skeleton thing in the middle of the right. room that you had to like sleep around. Yeah. No. So I didn't feel sorry for them. Uh, so we see Chanel. Um, she's in the diary room, and she says that she doesn't think Tom was fair for calling her annoying and making that the reason he <laughs> exiled her. Even though everybody in this house and everybody the people on Facebook and me and Fro all said yep. she was annoying. <laughs> she doesn't seem to see it that way. She says that she's just uh, interesting and that life's too short to be boring. Oh, yeah. Is the, way, the, way she ra- the way she rationalizes it to herself. To herself, I mean. Could I just say that I would rather kill myself than being in her, uh, in her presence for more than... An hour would be hour. torture. Yeah. Um, we cut to another scene. Uh, but after that, we go to Chanel, and she's talking to Raph. This is right, pretty much right after she said, "I don't understand why everybody thinks I'm annoying." Chanel's ask, uh, talking to Raph, and she asks him if he's pretending to be gay just so that he can be near women. <laughs> and she wonders why she's annoying. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so strange. Oh. oh my god! Can you can you imagine anybody saying that to anybody and not being offended? Oh. But Raph has to just kind of laugh it off, like, "Okay, she's just annoying and stupid." <laughs> and I think it's uh, so. I can I kind of take it back to the Trump thing. Uh, he voted for Donald Trump, right? So. Uh, I mean, his whole thing. The other thing we didn't mention about Raph is he says he doesn't believe in love. And that anybody who prioritizes uh, love um, in their life over other things, like I think he was specifically meaning money and power, that right. he would look down on them as weak. So that's Raph. <laughs> that is Raph in a nutshell. Uh, but to be honest with you, that's just kind of a businessman mentality in America. That's the way oh. they see, like they view people who see who believe in love or believe in whatever kindness, they see that as a weakness and they'll exploit it as a business person. So that's, that's America for you. Um, so we end this episode, uh, with the exiled housemates and the citizens in their individual rooms and the exiled housemates are saying how, uh, they're basically talking about this like, like it was, um, an election or something like that, and that they were the ones that lost the election, and that they uh, need to overthrow Tom as the leader, and that they want to start a riot. They're kind of joking <laughs> about it, but yes. this is where we end the end the episode of them sitting there saying we're going to start a riot, <sighs> and we go to credits uh, of the second episode. So, so who is going to be voted out, Luke? Yes, who will be evicted on Friday, Fro? Who do you think? Uh, you go first. All right, we have uh, our choices, which I'm assuming we're gonna. 
we're going to narrow it down a little bit in the next two days, but Rebecca, Raph, Hannah, Sukvinda, Chanel, Arthur, Charlotte, or Lotan. Um, I'm obviously, I'm going to go Chanel, I think. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, there was a part at the end of this where, uh, I believe it was your favorite, Kaylee, and then, uh, Raph, and they're in the bathroom together brushing their teeth. Right. And they're both going, oh, who do you think's going to go home? And they both go, Chanel. And they're, yeah. they like, both convinced, like, everybody in the whole house thinks she's going home, so. It's going to be super surprising if, if she doesn't, to be honest. She's freaking annoying. Yeah, but the thing about Big Brother UK is it's not the house guest's choice to vote oh, her out. I know. It's the public's uh, ability to vote her out. So anybody who, out there who hasn't watched, we should have probably explained this at the beginning, now that I think about it. But anybody who hasn't watched Big Brother UK and has watched Big Brother US or uh, Big Brother Canada, the difference really is, the biggest difference is that the housemates don't vote out at each other. The housemates um, put each other up for eviction, however many house guests are up for eviction that week, and then the public, the UK public, vote out the person at the end of the week. So right. it's much different. The gameplay is much more different because it's not as much uh, trying to trick the people in the house. It's a lot... When they talk about gameplay in this, it's more... If you're acting fake to try to appeal to people uh, outside the house, they consider that playing a game because you're just, you're being fake. You're not being yourself. That's right. more of the gameplay uh, of Big Brother UK as opposed to Big Brother US. Any differences between those two that you want to point out, Fro? No, uh, that and uh, I think uh, you see it different on, on the quality of the house. I actually like the house this year. I really like the like the small village feeling it has. It was it oh was yeah, cool. it's pretty. I I would have like I said, I would have a horrible time living in this place because it is just too like whimsical for me. It would drive right. me nuts. Right. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, uh WestCoastWrestlingConnection.com. Go check out the TV show. Yep. Uh, uh sure. go ahead and go to audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen to get a free book and a 30-day trial and it'll help us out yep now i'm going to make a sound and that is the spoiler alert spoiler alert sound uh and uh, after I oh no that... let's do coming next week first because oh. if some people want to hear that and they don't want to have to fast forward the other stuff okay uh you didn't have anything to plug did you fro no okay uh... next week we're gonna do news of the week yep. uh we're gonna do big brother UK uh, 18, uh, Big Brother UK season 18. Uh, we'll call it week one, uh, but because we basically just did the first day uh, right. in this review. But we'll do the whole uh, rest of the week next week. Uh, another digital review of The Mummy, the new one, 2017. We're going to do Celebrity Clone Conspiracy, yeah, which is, is one that kind good. of Fro picked that was it. It's been in our list of things, uh, suggested things to do for a while. Yeah. Uh, what made you choose this one, Fro? Uh, first and foremost, I like everything that has to do with conspiracies. And uh, I also uh, like that uh, 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 there's conspiracies about uh, celebrity imposters, more or less. And why right. the Illuminati is really, uh, like, 
in the middle of this. And uh, yeah, we will talk a lot about uh, this celebrity clone conspiracy, but it's it's pretty out there. It's out there. I, I'm just looking it up, like kind of just Google that. And the second article, article I get when you look up celebrity clone conspiracy is the Illuminati's secret celebrity murdering and cloning centers explained. So yep. that should be fun. Uh, I guess the last thing we're going to do money in the bank predictions, uh, and that will be next week. Yeah. So now I can. So make... now, spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's enough. So, what did you think about the last episode of The Leftovers? It was very slow at the beginning, and I just like I don't know where we're yes. going with this. And it seemed like the last episode that could have cut out a whole lot of it, and it would have mattered. But they were trying to get across the love conquers all narrative that they were wow. going with. Um, let's start with the second to last episode, and then move into the last episode, Fro. Sure. The second to last episode. Uh, if it, people have been following it, so. If you're hearing this, hopefully you've been following it and you're not just listening to this and we're spoiling it for you, but he goes to the other side. They kill the main (laughs) character. He goes to the other side and he has to battle himself in what's seemingly another dimension. Right, Fro? So good. Yeah. So he comes out of this. They had to do this uh, to stop the end of the world flood like in the Bible. Um. We come out of that episode, and he's sitting there with his father, and his father says, so what now? And and that's like the end of the second episode. We go into the next episode, and the storyline we didn't get at the end of that episode was her uh, using this machine to try to find her kids on the other side, wherever they went um, when they disappeared in the uh, the first season. So... Uh, so sad. We, we see her, her go so into the machine. We see her right up to the point that the machine is about to send her through or whatever. And they cut it right there. And we're, and you don't know if she did it mm-hmm. or she didn't. So we, and we go into the future and we see her, what would you say? 40 years in the future, 30, 30 or 40 years in the future. Oh yeah. For 40, 40 years. Depending future. on how well they took care of themselves, uh, and whatnot, but they definitely look older. She has gray hair now, wrinkles, and I thought the makeup and the aging process they did on both of them to make them look older was really, really well done. Yeah. Uh, and we find that she is... Here's the thing. We've seen her deliver these birds before, right? In another episode that I... Right. I'd have to go back and watch the whole season. Yep. But do you remember what, when it was that we've seen this before, Fro? No, no. But we, we've seen it right. before. Um, the doves. Right. Uh, and we've even seen the... The... Uh, not the... Uh, the nun, I guess we'll call her. The nun points out, oh, this guy was looking for you, or whatever. We've seen that whole scene before, but I'd have to go back and find out where that was from. from. But they end up yeah. meeting up at this... Uh, wedding and dancing and they go back to her her house and this is probably the most interesting part and I'll why don't you go through this part where they're talking from yeah well uh, they're talking about like 
what more or less what they've gone through since they met each other. Because he's he's saying like when you went over there and tried to find your kids, did you like did you think about me? Did you miss right, me? Right, because he did thought you... she went over and never came back. But apparently they never really say it in that right. episode, but she came back and then just never told him that she came back. But continue. Yeah. And it seems like she's more or less lying to him about meeting her kids and oh, no, that's, no. things like that. Is that what you got? Okay, no? continue, but I'll tell, tell you what I thought when we're done. But, uh, yeah, no, and then, 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 then they, like, then, then he's like, I never, I never stopped looking for you. I never stopped, uh, watching, uh, I, I've been to Australia so many times showing your picture to people, asking, have you seen this girl? Have you seen this girl? I missed you. I've been thinking about you every single time. In every single day, when the day you left me, and they hold hands and they look in each other's eyes and throw cries a little, because they understand that love can control me. Okay, you missed a lot of stuff here, so I'm gonna point. Um, hopefully, well, we'll see. But the whole point of the series, Fro, remember, <laughs> from the very first episode, is where did these people go? Right. That's the point. They're all trying to figure out where these people went. So, as far as I can tell, from unless uh, I'm sure there's other theories out there, because this is a very open, inter- open to interpretation ending. But if you look at it, okay. in the la- second to last episode, when he went over and he had to battle himself, here's what happened in my mind: the very first episode of the season, whenever or not the season, the series, when everybody disappears. In, I'll put it in technical terms, but the time stream of the Earth split. And some of the people right. stayed in the time, uh, this time stream, and other people, the people who were taken, were in, the, the leftovers. leftovers, ended yes. up in a different time stream, where they were in this time stream yes. and we were in that time stream, separate from each other. When he went over mm-hmm. to the other time stream... Um, he had, the thing about uh, him, why can I not remember his name? Kevin. The thing that was different about Kevin from everybody else, the people on one side and the other side is when the time stream split, uh, Fro, it created two Kevins. Right. And to stop the flood in, and from destroying the whole earth in one time stream, Kevin went to the other time stream and destroyed the whole earth because it, what happens in one happens the opposite in the other. So when he blew up the world or whatever caused, you know, nuclear uh, chaos in the one time stream, it caused the world to be saved in the other time stream. Okay. So she also went to the other side, but she used a machine where he used faith. So this is kind of an allegory between, so, that science and faith can get you to the same place. Um, right. I think is what they're going for. And she went to the other side. She saw she saw her kids and everything, but they had... Uh, her husband 
had already met another woman and the family was happy. It had been years that they'd been, you know, they assumed that they'd never see her again. So they moved on. So she right. spent all that time coming back. She, she, uh, she even says, I remember, I remembered that they said the first person to ever use the machine was the creator of the machine. So she finds the creator of the machine in this other parallel universe, gets him to make another machine and send her back to this universe. Yeah. Um, so in the end, what this whole series was about is not, it was all, it was about the, their love and how it kind of transcends all that. These two people's love for each other, but it's also about, like I said, um, how faith and science can both get you to the exact same place of, uh, clarity in your life. And yeah, but it also kind of is explaining heaven in a way and saying that heaven yep. is just an alternate reality yep uh anything you want to add to that whole thing I, fro which that that it's no, very complicated I, i'm sure other people will see it different ways but i totally agree with you and i fucking loved it and i think the coolest thing if you look back at old the older seasons remember when he was seeing patty and patty he thought it was yeah. a ghost or he thought like he was going crazy. What that really was yeah, that's probably was from... Patty in that's the from... other dimension talking to the other Kevin. Yep. Think about that for yep. a I Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Very cool. Really cool. One of the best shows. I wouldn't ever... be surprised if there's out people that's... out there who didn't get what I just said. They didn't get that symbolism and they were super confused by this ending. But to me I thought it was very good. Yeah. And I totally agree with you, Terry. And uh, you said it much, much better than I would ever sure. said it. So thank you. Um, no, yeah, no problem. Uh, I guess one question I had for you, as a Christian, Fro, do you think people who yeah. watch this as a uh, in certain parts of Christianity, do you think they would see this and maybe be mad about it, mad about this ending that it wasn't more biblical? Sure. Or do you think that this stood up for either what, either either way? I'm I'm not really sure. I I I think it spoke for either side. That's that's the fantastic end of it. This, it's both it's both science and 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 faith. Right, and I think the the really cool part to me that really ties this whole thing together, which I was afraid the second to last episode, it was so nuts. I was like, how are they going to connect that all back in? And they don't mention it on the show. You yeah, kind of have to did. figure it out yourself. But the idea that the time stream yeah. split, and which they don't even mention that. I'm time stream is my own interpretation of this. They never mention anything about that in the show. But the idea that no, he, but it, he it was special, and obvious. the reason he was special is because when the time stream split, it, it created two of him. Yeah. Is just I think that's really really cool. I totally agree. And that's why he couldn't die either. Of course. Right, because, uh, well, to a degree, because the thing is, I think he can die now because he killed his alternate now self he could die. Right, in the other dimension. Yeah. Right. Right, but before that, he couldn't die because there were two of them. Because then he would live forever. Though. Exactly. That's yeah. makes no totally. sense. Totally. And that, well, it's, it's an allegory, and ending. that's an allegory to Jesus. So, like, it... Yep. That makes me go, oh, that's an that's a crazy thing to think about. Like, what if Jesus was just a guy who 
right when the, the that whole the death of Jesus or whatever happened, the resurrection, I guess it would be. What happened was a time stream split, and it created two Jesuses. You know what I mean? And like, uh, oh. there was this whole other alternate dimension that maybe existed that never had that influence of that kind of biblical Jesus, where the culture developed in a whole different way, where there wasn't this. Uh, Christian influence. There wasn't the Crusades that murdered tons of people. There wasn't the oppressive Catholic Church that uh, kept people in the dark about um, all these different scientific advances that could have been done at the time. Like, where would we be now if it wasn't for all that influence of uh, the bad parts of Christianity and the bad parts of other religions? You know, what I mean, that it very interesting in my mind as an atheist. So, yeah. all right. Anything else, bro? I, I think that's it for me. Thing. Yeah, for me too. That this has been a full episode of another digital citizen. See you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. <laughs> <laughs>